0: Hey, when does the show start? Wait wait a minute.
1: (gasps) First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh,
0: okay. In just a minute.
2: Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. All right. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404 369 3825 or shoot us a message from our website, podcastthebs.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com fall is right around the corner and the leaves will begin to well fall nobody likes the hassle of cleaning out those gutters That's where Inspect-All Pest Services comes in. They do gutter cleaning, gutter toppers to keep those gutters clean year-round, and full gutter replacement. In addition to gutters, they also do pressure washing to keep your house and driveway looking brand new. Inspect-All Pest Services. Call them today, 770-483-2420, 770-483-2420. Mention the BS, receive 10% off your gutter or pressure washing needs.
0: It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, what's going on? After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate Dude. dude. Here. Sit back, enjoy, here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense.
3: I have a very particular set of skills.
0: You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is The B.S. And ah, there is episode 92. Woo! 92
2: of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors studio sponsored by Watkins Law Firm. It'd be WatkinsLawFirm.llc. Wrongful death, personal injury, general civil litigation. He's your guy. 770-648-4009. Nader Tatevators here in Mexico. Hola. Como estas? Hola.
4: How you guys doing? Uh, I'm good.
2: Nikki D's not so good as she's not in the Golden Scissors studio, but the oh so vivacious Nikki D has got a touch of the bug. Yeah,
1: I do. You know, a little stuffy little coffee, but I'll be
2: all right. got it from her daughter, back to school, all the germs come home. Yeah, you know what that tells you, because you know, our daughter's in school as well, it's just Rach and I are a lot more healthier than you are. That's probably because we eat better and we take our vitamins and we exercise more than what you should be doing.
1: Well, mm. I got vitamins.
2: Thank we, you. Yeah, but you can't take vitamins now. You got to take them every day.
1: I take them most days is yeah. what I remember. Yeah, got. I don't them. remember to take anything every day.
2: You got to take them every day, right, Nate? Tell her. You got to get, yeah. gotta, gotta get vitamin, vitamin up. Vitamin D for Nikki D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vitamin D. Nikki Vitamin D. That's what your <laughs> new name will be. Check out the shirt. You like it? There, there you go.
1: You all about it? the base.
2: Yeah, all about the base.
1: Okay. What's that, that mean?
2: See, it? See, see, cheerleaders. The, yeah, cheerleaders. See the A? They're cheerleaders. Yeah. Oh yeah. My cheer dad. So my my daughter's a base. She like she's the girl that you know holds the other girls up. So I'm all about the base. So I got to wear this to the cheer competitions and stuff coming up. Isn't it all about that base? It's all about the base in this shirt. It's a, it's a different,
4: different lingo in the cheerleading world, I guess. Oh. Yeah. On the back. Well, I guess they'd probably get sued if they, they copied it, maybe.
2: I don't yeah. know. on the back, it doesn't say anything about the treble. But I'm all about yeah. the ba- I also got a cheer <laughs> dad shirt. I got another one, a cheer dad shirt. So I'm going to be sporting these at the competitions that are coming up. But I'm learning the cheers. I'm out there at the football games watching my daughter crush. and You're uh learning the cheers? Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people don't participate in the cheers. So I want to participate in the cheers. Give me an
1: A. A, I got your A, I got your A. That's what you're doing?
2: Oh, they've come a long way since your high school days back in the 60s. They've they've got some pretty intricate cheers nowadays. They just, I mean, it's, it's, it's hardcore. So I, I just want to be a participant, you know, and help cheer, help the girls along cheering in the stands to get other people cheering because for some reason people don't cheer. You know, they don't, they're like, they don't get into it. When they ask you to do this, I told them, I suggested to them, they need to get a hype guy, you know, kind of like that guy in the mighty, mighty boss Stones or on stage with Snoop Dogg. They need to get a hype guy with a microphone and they're doing the cheer and he kind of gets in. It's like, Hey, give me an A. And he's like, all right, everybody, give me an A left side. Give me an A. You know, that kind of
4: thing. You need one of those dudes. <laughs> I hope that they probably don't want that because he's going to take their job. I mean, that's literally what their job is. They are the hype guys. I know. Well, they need somebody in the group to. They need a microphone, like like back in Nick in the sixties and Nikki's days. They, they need one of those microphones to say "cheer" or whatever on the side.
1: Yeah, called oh, oh, megaphones.
4: Megaphones.
1: They have yeah, their, the they, they have Not their my- own.
2: They have their own
4: megaphones. They made
2: them. Um, but uh, I, I just suggested that they need the, they need the, they need the, push it out a little bit more get people up into them. you know the kids are good yeah. the kids are pretty good at the games uh they're, they're they're very excited her high school has got a lot of very cool traditions which i, I think is 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 neat because i don't remember in my high school us having many traditions if any at all during the football games uh we i think started one but it's probably gone by now but you know they throw the the flower up in the air at kickoff and there's all these different things and the themes and stuff like that traditions are important. And, and it doesn't have to necessarily be an old tradition. Like one of the coolest traditions in college football is the wave from your guys in Iowa, you know? Um, oh that, yeah. Yeah. That, that's uh, university of Iowa. Yeah. And that started in 2017. So that's how old that tradition is. But when they built their new stadium, what is it? connect, 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 connect.
4: Uh, yeah, Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, they uh, the Children's Hospital is right behind it. So all the all the kid the sick kids go to the window, and the entire stadium turns around and waves to them. It's pretty cool. After the
2: first quarter, everybody turns around and waves. An opposing team, everybody does it, and it is, in my opinion, the coolest tradition in college sports. Real, I mean coming down off the rock at Clemson, uh, you know, the Gator Chomp, one bit, two bit, three bit, a dollar at Florida, uh, the uh, at FSU. I mean, all that stuff is great and it's cool. And I, and I support it because I think schools should have traditions. But that one is the only one that I can think of that incorporates everyone. And it's for a good cause. It's not even for them. It's for the kids that are sick, and they get to sit up there in that window and see the game with the best seats in the house, in my opinion. And and then everybody turns and waves to them. It's cool. It makes you want to cry. It's 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 very yeah. cool. Have you been to one of those games?
4: Uh, no, I haven't been oh. back for since. I mean, I haven't lived there for. 15, 20 years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I, I initially I thought you were going to say, the, like you said, the wave. I thought you meant like the wave that literally everybody in the stadium does and it goes around the entire stadium and everybody goes, woo, you know. So it's funny you say that. Um, I researched that. I did not know the
2: story. Crazy George. Is it Crazy George? Hold on. I got it in my email because I reached out to him trying to get him on the show. Crazy George. Is the guy that started the wave. He gets credit for starting the wave. Crazy George with a K. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was one guy.
4: When hmm, we pull up the story. It's an international phenomenon now because when I was riding the ferry back from Cozumel drunk on the, you know, those big ferries that they have, yeah. everybody started doing the wave drunk on the top of the ferry. It was just going around the ferry. So it's made it to Mexico.
2: Yeah. Uh let's see the wave, the first wave. Let's see here. His website is very angel fire. Uh, the, He crazy. George created the first wave cheer on October 15th, 1981 at the New York Yankees, Oakland athletics playoff game at the Oakland Coliseum in California.
4: The- so he didn't really do it. I mean, all well, the crowd did. You can you can't do a one person wave. and Then you are just standing up praising the Lord. He gets just like,
2: just like uh, Roddy James Dio gets credit with the Devil Horns. You know? so yeah. his, what the <laughs> fuck, <laughs> Crazy George is. He's and he you can book him. He's got booking. He's got a booking site. Um, there is a document uh, first wave documentation. There is a documentary out there on this stuff. So I had no idea. Yeah. So he gets up in the crowd, I guess, and he. Uh, Let me
4: see here. Yeah, how did you start it? Like, how did you teach? Because you could get a couple people around you, but how do you get the whole stadium to realize what you're doing if you've never done the wave before? Like, what are these idiots doing? They're all standing up for some reason? I have no idea. I have no idea. All right, well, this is taking too long, but uh, must have had one of those Nicky megaphones. Nikki's talking about, yeah. <laughs> Everybody stand up and wave. But he
2: gets he gets credit with, for it. So that's funny. He said when I was doing research on the Iowa stuff, um, I don't know why, or oh, like a couple days ago, because I saw the the wave and I was like, God, that's really the coolest tradition. You know, it was on Sports Center and they were talking about it. And I was like, that's just. That's just the coolest tradition. It really, really is. Everything about that says awesome. And then I, started, yeah. then I started to think of some other things, and I thought about the wave. I was like, God, the wave is, you know, that's, I was like, w- I wonder who started that. And then so I found out it was Crazy George. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, um, let me get rid of some of this stuff here because my computer is running really, really slow, i got to tell you. Did you guys watch any of the Taylor Hawkins tributes the other day? I did. I saw the very end of it. Uh, so you saw his son come out. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh,
4: did you get goosies? I mean, I did. Yeah. And it, honestly, I wasn't, I mean, I'm sure it obviously means a lot to him, but I thought it was cooler just to look at Dave Grohl, watch him play. Mm-hmm. I just thought of how he felt and probably just thinking like, man, like my friend, I I'm out here playing with my buddy's son. Like, I don't have any friends with kids like or I, I'm not around friends with kids that are a little bit older where I could be like proud of them, but he's probably just so proud that his buddy's son is out there doing what he loved or what his father loved. Yeah.
2: Oliver Shane Hawkins. I think he goes by Shane 16 year old son. Now there's video that you can find different videos of, of him even younger than 16, you know, sitting next to his dad while his dad's playing a rock show. I mean, like what a life, right? That's just so cool. And so this, uh, this concert that they put together, this tribute concert was at Wembley stadium. I mean, it was, it's going to go down in history as one of the coolest shows ever. I mean, with all the guests that they had come out there, they had Lars or Metallica play drums while Brian Johnson of ACDC sang, uh, those crooked vultures got out there with Josh home and that's uh he and Dave Grohl's old band and you know Dave used to play drums. He played it on uh, Queens of the Stone Ages album. You know, so it's just like all kinds of cool stuff that that took place with all these amazing artists. Um, I I wanted to see uh, not Nandi Bushell come out. I I I, I still got to see that video. She's the the British girl, the social media girl that went viral because she challenged Dave Grohl to a drum off. And then, yeah. then it turned into just a thing. And the, she's so talented, but she she was out there. She came out, and and so yeah, it was it was very moving, very touching. You know, it's like the Lincoln. You know, everybody knows I'm a, a big Lincoln Park fan, and Chester Bennington. And when they had that tribute show, and then the the crowd just sang in the end. Ugh, God, and they, it was just a a spotlight on the microphone with Chester's hat, and you know, Shinoda is just playing uh, the keyboards and then the crowd's singing. I'm like, oh my God, it's like you just, you'll never hear that voice ever again. And he's been gone, Chester's been gone now for five
4: years and Taylor's been gone less than a year, but it's just, it's just sad. Just really sad. Yeah. It? Is it, and don't get me wrong, I, I love all these artists and, and respect them, but is it weird that we kind of brush over the drug addict? aspect and then have these celebratory concerts for them? I, like, I would have thought that maybe the, the first thing that they would have done is partnered with some kind of anti-drug or, or addiction or organization and, and try to support that and get the, the message out there like, hey, you know, we don't want to lose somebody else like this. It, it, it seems like that wasn't even a conversation at all. So
2: well, years ago, I would always bring that up like when somebody of name would die and it's like, you're a drug addict, you overdosed, you killed yourself. You know, that was very selfish. It is very selfish. Um, You left behind a son and you know, your bandmates and your friends and your fans, you know, it's like you did this to you and we're now all supposed to feel sorry for you and feel bad and honor you. And like, it, it made me angry that, that, that we did not bring attention to how they died. Drunk driving accidents, you know, stupid shit like that. But I, I remember, I forget who the person was, but I remember talking to somebody about this, and they said, if it were someone in your family, or your group, your crew, your network, your friends, and they overdosed, would you feel the same way and say the same things? Hmm. I said, huh, that's very, very interesting. The answer to that is most likely no. You know, you you're just going to miss them based off of the emotion of love, nothing more, nothing less. You're not looking into it as you're not trying to make it political, and that's what you're doing when you bring in something else. You're making it political. Political is not just you know right and left and blue and red and Republican and political can be numerous things. When you bring in an outside source, political. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, Nate. You know, and I'm sure somewhere in there they talked about I know after Chris Cornell and Chester's death, a lot of posts you would see they would end it with the suicide hotline to get that out there since local news or news doesn't cover suicide, which is horrible. I understand what you're saying, but I think in the eyes of Grohl and his family and his friends and their bandmates, it was more about love and the music and they didn't want to go that aspect of it. They didn't want to bring attention to the drugs, to be honest with you.
4: Yeah, no, and I agree, and that's a good point. Like, if it was somebody close to you, you obviously wouldn't be talking about that. But it's also a public kind of situation where he's a role model to a lot of people, and it's strange that, like, in the news, if there was somebody else that was a drug addict or died of an overdose, you know, all the comments would be like, "Play stupid games, win stupid prizes," and oh, he, he asked for it. You know, they they would all be shitting on someone just because they are not famous. But then and maybe it was a, a great person. They just got involved in some shady shit. But then since somebody is a good musician, then we kind of like allay that. You
1: yeah. know, I'm not
4: saying we shouldn't have these things. It just seems odd that it, it hasn't even been a conversation that he, he died of a drug overdose. Like, I, I think that should maybe the money for the and maybe it did. I don't know a lot about the concert, but maybe the money, some of the money should go to. Um, you know, addiction research or, or, you know, helping other people out that maybe are in the same situation.
2: Maybe it did. I don't
4: know. Yeah, know maybe may have, I don't know, but
2: but, but, but go down the list of any person of name that, you know, has, has, has died in, in in an off way. Right. I mean, you go from Elvis to Kurt Cobain to Jim Morrison, to Jimi Hendrix. I mean, just keep the list goes on and on and on. They all had, they all had demons. Michael Jackson, right. Michael Jackson, they all had demons. So I remember, actually, I think it might have been during the Michael Jackson run. I was never a huge Michael Jackson guy, right? I, was, I, I could appreciate Michael Jackson and I, I got it, but I, 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 I wouldn't have gone to Neverland Ranch and got down and cried because Michael Jackson died. But Michael Jackson dealt with drugs his entire life. He was born into this world of, that's all he knew right and what happens with these people is they're they're being pulled every which way till Sunday and they need 36 hours in a 24-hour day and when they got to shut down the motors they can't just shut down the motors so then they go to drugs to do it right and, and melatonin ain't going to work i can tell you that right now so they got to go to something harder so now they're tired so now they need to pick me up so now they're playing the narcotics game and but it's all based off of the job that's the life they chose to lead and live. And that's, they're, they're obviously not doing it right because there are plenty of people in that position that have done it the right way and differently, but that's how they've chosen to to do it. Um, but I think the Michael Jackson one was when I had that conversation with somebody of like the dude was a druggie. It was, it was only a matter of time before it was going to happen. Well, like, why are we sad right now? We knew it was coming. Why are we shocked? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Nate. Maybe they should have, who knows?
4: Yeah, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It just seems strange that, you know, with the, you probably don't want to perpetuate that drugs are cool in the, the rock lifestyle. You think that by now we've kind of gotten away from that and trying to teach people you can idolize these people, but maybe not what they do. And uh, I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was a conversation whatsoever. And it's, it's strange. I mean, how long ago did he did he pass? It was a few months, right? Who, Taylor? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's been a minute. It, it, they they've been in seclusion. Like we haven't heard anything from any of the bandmates, you know, especially Dave Grohl since since his passing. I mean, I think he posted something on social media right afterwards cuz they were in I think uh South America.
4: Yeah, was it like Brazil or something yeah. like that? Doing a
2: show, yeah, I think in Brazil when he died. They found him dead in the the hotel. And so he I mean, think about what oh, Colombia. Colombia. Okay, so think about what Grohl's been through. He was in a band where the lead singer killed himself, allegedly, and and he was hopped up on heroin. uh, Yeah, drug addict that that he allegedly took, which there's a lot of question marks that's around that. I'd be the first one to bring that up. The amount of heroin in Kurt Cobain's body, there's no way he could have killed himself. There's just no way. It's impossible. But isn't that
4: like if you overdose, you're you're putting so much drugs in your body, you you kill yourself so when they're so when you expect to be there a lot
2: but he, he he
4: he shot himself oh yeah that's right i was thinking he overdosed
2: yeah no he he. he and, and where the gun landed doesn't make any sense either i mean that's if you buy into some of the document uh document uh doc documentaries yeah documentaries mm-hmm. that are out there so but that's based off of evidence so anyway you've got those guys you know that 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 had a, a lot of drugs in their system you know dave grohl goes through that then joins the foo fighters remember the foo fighters it's hard to believe this but the foo fighters have been around for a very long time like right after nirvana the foo fighters popped up so you know uh, kirk cobain dies in i want to say 94 april 94 is that correct And then the Foo Fighters I believe got together in 97. Mean,
4: uh yeah, Foo Fighter or uh, he died in 94, but it says the Foo Fighters were formed in 97.
2: Okay, so I was right. I'm spot on. Okay, so Yeah, like not, right after. Yeah, so right after, you know, 3 years off he gets with the Foo Fighters and now he's got this band. You know, one thing that I was surprised the the artist that didn't show up or participate that I know of was Alanis Morissette. I, I thought Alonis Morissette would have been there.
4: At uh, Which, at uh, Taylor's?
2: Yeah, Taylor's. Why that? Taylor was her drummer. Oh, for her band? Yeah. All those songs.
1: I want
2: you to know. Yeah, that was, Taylor Hawkins was on the drums when all that stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then he left as, you know, things started to change and, her music, he wanted to be in a band. He he wanted to be, he didn't want to be the drummer for Alanis Morissette. He wanted to be in a band. And he wanted to be in a harder band, a rock band. That was his thing, so he left. But if you watch the Alanis Morissette doc, uh, documentary, doc, why can't I not say that word today? Jesus. <laughs> documentary, thank you. Um, it just feels like there was a weird vibe when he left. Like, like they're very complimentary. Of, they were very complimentary of each other, but it was just a, It's very weird. Like she was mad that he left the band.
4: Yeah, Marine. Yeah, she did come out and say something, or she did a tribute uh, at the show. Oh, okay. But I'm talking about at the show. Oh yeah, maybe she's gonna be. But also, I didn't realize Taylor's real name is Oliver, which is his son's real name, also, right? And they both dropped Oliver. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So why do they keep naming their these people Oliver if they don't like his name? (laughs) Just just go by the middle name.
2: It's Oliver Taylor Hawkins, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's Oliver Shane Hawkins.
4: You will yeah, be named. Be family.
2: You will be named Oliver, but you will not go by Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver is a great name. If I had a kid, I would name him Oliver. I think it's cool. Call him Ollie. I think it's neat. What a great Ollie Bailey. Ollie Bailey. Ollie Bailey. Ollie Bailey. You yeah. <laughs> People might get it mixed up and be like, D- "Is your kid named Ollie?" <laughs> no, he's not Ollie. Yeah. So when you see stuff like this tribute with Taylor Hawkins and you, uh, you know, you see his son and and you do that, you know, and I know I talk about, I don't don't try to bring everybody down when I bring this stuff up, but it does go through my brain a lot. The older I get, the more people I lose and the more sick people get. And it's just, it scares the living daylights out of me. It really does. I wish I could be one of those people. I've tried so hard my entire life to be one of those people that just don't care about life. You know, you just kind of go through and it's like, when it's your time, it's your time. And I'm cool with it. I'm in a lot of pain, but I don't feel it. I'm going to take these drugs and um, that's about it. And I'm going to stop eating. I'm going to, you know, said another guy that I knew die. I mean, he was a little bit older, but still he was in hospice. He d- didn't want to see anybody. And he decided, you know, like, Hey, look, this is, this is what I'm going to do. So, um, is it better or worse to reach out to someone for no reason and say hi, just out of the blue? Or is it better or worse to reach out to someone just when you need something?
1: I hate when people reach out to me only when they need something. I'm very big on random, hi, how you're doing, how's your day going, how's your life. If I don't talk to you again for two weeks, great. But don't reach out to me when you need something. I hate that. But do you do it? No, I just told you I don't do it. I just told you I send random highs to people all the time.
2: Okay, well, you don't have to yell at me. I mean, you're very defensive. I'm at you? I'm just I letting... told you if you were listening to what I was saying, I told you I don't do that shit, Jason. Damn, <laughs> angry Nikki D today. It's better when she's in the studio. <laughs> she's not as angry. Jesus, I got hopped up on vitamin D and drugs and whatnot. Uh, what do you think, Nate? Which one?
4: Yeah, I agree with Nikki. Um, I guess it depends on what you're reaching out for, but yeah, it it seems like not that they're using you, but it's almost like they're using you. It's like, Oh, you you didn't wonder how I was doing last week. Or, you know, you haven't talked to me for five years, but like I had a, a, a girlfriend from like middle school. I mean, somebody I went to high school and middle school and everything with, and she just messaged me randomly the other day about, some GoFundMe or something. And it wasn't like she just sent it to me. She sent it to me and I thought it was fake or it was like a scam or something. And then she messaged me again. It was like, Hey, come on. Like, I need some help. Can you just spare like $10 or something like that? (laughs) And I was just like, I haven't talked to you in like nine years and you're, you're reaching out to me about this, which, you know, it's, I I don't know, I guess like something's going on in her family that they need help, but it, it just, it was kind of like a guilt trip type of thing. I'm like, where were you for the last nine years? I'm sure something bad happened in my life. You didn't reach out to me then. So now, now you need help and you're going to, you know, just, that's the only reason you're talking to me because you need money. just seems kind of shitty. Yep.
2: In theory it does, but all the people that are in both of y'all's lives, my life, and you consider them friends or distant friends or acquaintances, whatever you want. They're not necessarily in your inner circle that you're going to see. Like we talk to each other, on a daily, definitely a weekly basis, right? But we are connected because of this project. Now, if this project didn't exist, how often would we talk to each other, honestly, with everything that's going on in everyone's lives? It's not that we just don't like each other. It's just that we have nothing to discuss because this is what brings us together, right? Now, if we hadn't spoken in six months because we're not doing this, and I reach out to you, Nate, and I say, Hey, dude, how are things going, man? Uh, hope all is well. D- do you have that file of that image that you did for me last year? Would you mind sending that to me? Would you look at that and go, God, what a dick, man. I haven't talked to him in six months. Would just be like, oh, that's cool. I heard from Jason. He just needed a file.
4: Yeah, I don't think I would be offended at that. Like, if, if you reached out to me and was like, hey, can you do this website for free? Um, then, yeah, like, I think it's if you're asking them to, like, do something as a favor but you know just sending something that you guys that we had maybe done together or like oh this old bit or audio file or something no nah, I don't think I'd be offended in that that aspect
2: did, oh I'm sorry did my mic cut out because I, I was about the file and then I asked if you do the website for free too and there's so. <laughs> 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 no. yeah. okay okay so there's like a guideline of what you would ask for
4: I mean, like, yeah. Like if I, if we we're, let's say, before Nikki was on the podcast, if she had somebody's phone number that we wanted to talk to or something, I don't think she would be offended if we reached out to her and be like, "Hey, do you have that number from you know back when you did the radio show?" I don't think she would think that. But if we asked her to like, "Hey, I haven't talked to you in like eight months. Do you mind going doing Smart Marta for free?" I think uh, I think she'd probably have an issue with that.
2: <laughs> uh Nikki, would you? You sound very angry about this conversation already.
1: Not angry about the conversation. I've just had a lot of people ask me for money and it irritates me. Um, I wouldn't I I would probably feel some kind of way if you asked me eight months from now to go do Smarter martyr. I'd be like, Are you crazy? I'm not doing that. What? But um, yeah, I, I don't I just don't like people to reach out when they only want something from you. Well, I like
2: Pee I didn't talk to Pee in years, right? Years. And when I knew that I was going to have to pivot with the video stuff for the show and I knew he did it, like he was the guy. I reached out to him out of the blue. Now, granted, I pay him, but. So that's not the same. So it's not the same. (laughs) Like, hey, I want to pay you. So if I if I were just sort of say, hey, dude, look, I need you to do all this work for me on a weekly basis for nothing. Um, Right. Good to hear from you again. Good to see you. (laughs) That would be a problem, a huge problem. Because I'm, I'm fine. Okay, so I'm a little torn between the two. Like I understand somebody that you don't talk to very often when they reach out, and then there's layers to that, right? If you haven't talked to somebody in a very long time and they reach out, I had this happen to me the other day from somebody. They reached out to me, but they, they, they were beating around the bush. They weren't asking me. I knew what they were asking me for, but they wouldn't ask me for it. It was a ridiculous request. It was so ridiculous. I mean, like, I don't know what people. I don't know what people think uh, that the juice that I have, but I've got zero juice. Don't ask me for anything like that. Like, is, is there a is there a, a, a rock star that lives here locally that you can get to go to my buddy's house for his birthday? <laughs> like,
4: What? Yeah. Well, and that's a good point too. When you sure, know we so are at, that... the, yeah, at the station, uh, people all the time that you barely talk to. Hey, man, you got any extra tickets for the show? You know, like, come on. Like, that's just shitty, especially if you don't talk to very often. Yep. So, so, but here's, a, so like I said, there's so many layers to this conversation.
2: But I I know that there's a lot of people. I I always try to go over and beyond for people, even if I'm not very close with them or something. And it's not because I expect, you know, a receipt later on or, or something like that. I just, I do it if I can. If If I can do it, even if I have to jump through some hoops, I'll do it. You know, my UPS guy, look, he's a great guy. He doesn't do anything extra for me. Um, He's just a nice guy. And he asked me for Braves tickets when I worked at the station. And let me tell you, even though the station was like the flagship, I don't know if they still are or not, it was like fucking jumping through hoops to get Braves tickets. I mean, like, they didn't want to give us, me, any Braves tickets. I can tell you that. They'd rather give them to somebody out like the good. I wouldn't even get the good seats, right? So, I had to jump through hoops and cash in a favor in order to get him tickets. But I, I didn't mind doing that. Right. I, it was like, that's something nice, but I've noticed now. And I don't know if it's necessarily that I've lost the superpowers of being on the radio. Cause I don't, I never looked at that as at least in Atlanta. Like I, 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 I wasn't the guy that was like, let me in. Let me, let me drink my beers for free. I was never that guy um, in Atlanta. And so, So I never looked at having superpowers and then when I lost the job losing the superpowers, I just thought I was just pivoting to a different course of my life. And so I've reached out to some people for favors, you know, to help. But I usually make sure it's going to be beneficial for them as well. So it's almost a business deal. And I can't tell you how many times I've been ghosted on this kind of stuff. (laughs) I mean, real like rudely ghosted. Not even politely professionally ghosted like rudely ghosted (laughs) give me an example yeah i'm not ready to give the one example that i'm thinking of right now (laughs) i'm not ready yet uh but i'm just saying in general it's it's happened but there's one in particular nate knows what it is but that that wasn't the point of why i'm bringing this up the point is is that i've reached out to some people just to say hi and like i hadn't talked to my new brother in a long time like over a month And I don't want to lose that connection, that relationship, because we haven't even met yet. Right. So I reached out to him the other day. I said, uh, hey, dude, how you doing? Just wanted to check in. I haven't heard from you. I'm making sure everything's okay with you and your family. And he writes back. He goes, oh, man, I was going to do the same thing. Uh, He's like, it's just been so so busy and this and this and this and that. He goes, let's catch up this week. Let's get on a phone call. Cool, man. Take care. Have a good week. That kind of thing. You know, I don't want anything from him, nor does he want anything from me. But I was like, does he think I want something from him because I did that? Because everybody thinks that way, right? If you reach out to somebody that you haven't spoken to in God knows how long, they're thinking that you're setting them up for something. Like there's sometimes I'll text someone when I need something from them. And I don't, it's not because I'm like a a, a, a blood sucking bat It's just that they're the person that I need to go to for this, but I don't want to just come right out and say it. So I'll send them like a a, a setup text or something like, hey, how you doing? How are you? I'll wait for them to reply. Good, things are going great. How are you? Good, man. Hey, by the way, I got a question. It might take a couple days, which is hard for me to get. You know, I'm a I need it now kind of guy. Patience is not my thing. So I'll set them up and then I'll ask them for it. You know, just as people still come to me and ask me for favors and 90% of them, I'm pretty cool with, if I can do it, I'll do it. If I can make the phone call, I'll make the phone call. If I can, you know, I can't really go to the well for tickets all that much, but if I can, I will. If it's just, you know, if there's somebody that they need a connection or connecting them with, I will, you know? So, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just when you you look at people, that's on the business side of things, but on the friend side of things, when you're just reaching out to a friend for no reason that you haven't spoken to in a long time. And by the way, I've done this with friends that I just wanted to see how they were doing in their lives, w- what their lives were like, and I reached out to them and they kind of like talked to me like I was a fucking weirdo. And like, what? dude, it's been like 30 years. Why are you why are you trying to talk to me?" You know.
4: What, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's it is a thing. I mean, Whenever, like when I was back in Iowa and it was kind of around my high school reunion, I had like two, maybe three people message me on Facebook that I don't really talk. Like I probably haven't talked to since high school. And that was the first thing that came to it's sad. But the first thing came to my mind is like, all right, what do they want? You know, it was like there's some angle going on because people don't do that anymore. Just call you to see how you're doing if they haven't talked to you in a while. And I, I don't think it's anything malicious. It's just how the world is. We all have Facebook. Like, we all know what everybody's doing now. So it, it's very rare that you need to call somebody to ask them how they're doing because you kind of already know. So I think everybody automatically assumes that you want something. And and there's no right way to do it, like you were saying, because if they come right out and ask you what they want, then it's rude. But if they they do those little bullshit setup questions, like, Hey, what have you been up to? And you, and then the other person, you know, like, all right, how long is it going to take till they ask for something? Because you know it's coming, even though it's the polite thing to do, you still know it's coming.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I and I feel bad when I have to ask. You know, like a lot of people that I, have, I don't, I consider them friends, you know, or acquaintances, you know, whatever the case may be. And uh, so it's like, you know, I just always feel, I guess, that I have to. Give them. If I need something from them, I have to give them more than what they're giving me. You know, but then there are people that you'll ask something very simple, like, "Hey, do you have the number to a uh, a guy that does whatever fill in the blank?" And you know, they'll give it to you. It might take a minute, and then like a couple of months later, be like, "Hey, remember when I gave you that number? Uh, I need you to fix my car." You know, it's, I mean, it's like something. I'm being silly, but it's just something over the top, like. I just asked for a number from your contacts. All you did was share a contact with me. I I, I don't know how to do bumper work. I'm sorry. I just I can't do it. It's like I don't have the money for it right now. I'm sorry. I po- okay. Well, next time you need somebody to you know a good pizza place, don't come to me. Okay. Just you fucking find your own pizza place. <laughs>
4: okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and then when they're asking for a favor too, it's especially if it's something that deals with an item or financial, it's hard. Like you got to decide, are should I give it to them at a discount or for free because we're good friends or should they pay full price because it's something I'm like, like I'm my court caddy? Like, would you be offended if somebody asked you for a discount? We're like, oh, my buddy has one of these. Maybe I can get a good deal off of it. And you're friends or is it should that person be paying full price to support you as a business owner?
2: That's another good question. Uh, so. Yes and yes. They should be paying full price, right? But I, w- I wouldn't do and have given discounts. I had a listener that reached out to me a little while back, said they wanted to go stay at the cabin, but they couldn't afford the rates. And if I could give them a discount, and I did. I gave him a big discount because he was a listener. You know, um, in my head, I'm going, I helped the guy out and I'm glad he could go stay, you know, um, I lost a couple dollars, but that's fine. At least he got to enjoy himself for good reason. There's like a good reason why he's going up there his this family or something to that, that, that effect. So I, I don't mind do like, I don't mind taking a hit. I really don't. The court caddy, I had somebody reach out and say, Hey, um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to buy a couple of them. Uh, but this is the, my budget for them. They were buying it for like a school or something. So I, I think I I, I, I sold him a couple and then donated the rest. You know. I looked at it as marketing and branding. I just write it off You know, that kind of. Yeah. Thing.
4: So. and sometimes and you know it, sometimes it's just some money is better than no money. You know, let's say I mean I know your your cabin is obviously constantly booked, but let's say it wasn't. You give this guy a discount. You're getting a little bit of money in your pocket. He's saving a little bit of money, so it was like a mutual thing. So sometimes it's okay, I think.
2: I subscribe to that theory as well. A little bit of money is better than no money. And that's always been my my rub with radio and selling radio and getting certain clients on the air where I know it's a business and they're trying to negotiate. And a lot of times the client is just strong-arming and saying, hey, look, I don't have the money when they do have the money and this and this and that. But, you know, I learned a long time ago when you're negotiating – there does come a time where you have to uh, lay your cards out on the table. And that means both sides have to lay their cards out on the table. And so if you get to a point where they're like, hey, I can only spend 4000 not 5000 and you're asking 5000 and you've gone back and forth for the past three weeks, just say, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sign you to what you can afford now, but in six months, it goes up to five. You know, and just work out the deal. But a lot of the radio stations that I've worked at, namely the last one, they wouldn't even talk to them. You know, they they just like, oh no, fuck off. It's not going to be like that. Unless certain people were getting the rub. Like, oh, you're going to let my kid go to your hospital for free. Thanks. Cool. Oh, you're going to do my taxes and my finances for free. Absolutely. Come on. Everything is yours. You know, so there's the shady backdoor good old boy network as well. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the full court press of the good old boy network. I don't mind glad handing and understanding and realizing the hookup. But the second I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, that's when I put my foot in your ass. I'm like, look, motherfucker, I was trying to be cool. Now you're trying to take advantage. And a lot of people do that. That's why everybody's a dick to each other nowadays. Cause everybody's trying to, you know, work them over, you know, it's, 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 it's all a work, you know? So, um, you know, that's why people act the way they act. So anyway, and then, and then they you know, back to back to the original part of this, the story, you know, basing off of Taylor Hawkins and the, and the tribute show, it, it, just to reach out to somebody. Because, you know, I and then when they're gone, you reach out to them when they're sick. And you're like, where have you been the last 30 years? Where have you been the last 20 years? But I guess that's just how life works. Right. You can't keep in constant contact with everyone but you can't. It's impossible. It's impossible, right? So so when that time does come, when they're sick or they, they
1: need something or you need something, I guess it's okay to reach out to them because you cannot... It's okay if somebody's sick. It's not okay if you need to borrow money from me and I haven't talked to you in 30 years.
2: Well, okay, let's look at it this way. So um, a buddy of mine just got a, a pretty big radio job, like in management. And and I'm friends with him. And, you know, right after when I got fired, he was one of the first piece, people to reach out to me. And uh, we went out to lunch, you know, every once in a while we shoot each other texts, you know, that kind of thing. He's not big on social media. So so I don't I, you know. There's not much going on there, but we'll shoot each other t- every once in a while. But he just got a, a, a new job. And, you know, if I decided I wanted to go back into terrestrial radio, he could probably be very helpful with that. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, man, congrats on the gig. You know, blah, 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 blah. Is that a dick move?
1: No, because you just said that you guys are in contact. Not in me, constant, in the- though. Like once every six months, maybe. That's contact. There's people I haven't talked to in years. Like, for example, this guy, maybe five or six years I hadn't spoken to this person. And he randomly inboxed me on Facebook and said he's stranded at the airport. Can I let him borrow twenty
4: no. dollars? I had the same thing. I had a, a roommate from college, like fifteen years ago, and he wanted me to put money on his like wise like Walmart credit card or something like that. He's like, "I just need like twenty bucks." I was like what? I was like no. I'm talking. No. I was like, I mean, sorry, you're hard up. And but then I don't know. I, am I a dick for not giving him the money? Are you? You know, are we are we assholes for not giving them the money if they need it? But. I don't know. It seems weird to reach out to someone you don't talk to anymore.
2: Well, remember, remember that story I was telling you about this that guy that I, I was actually pretty tight with years and years ago. This was probably the early 2000s. We were neighbors. And then when I moved, I just, we fell out of contact. I mean, we stayed friends on social media and whatnot, but that was about it. I guess he went through some really tough times and still is going through some tough times. Got caught up in drugs and dysfunction and i mean it just all went downhill and one of the nicest guys in the world i always saw he was so funny goofy and it would always make you laugh and he was a cool dude to hang out with uh i trusted him you know not a big deal but he reached out to me he's like hey man uh, i need some cash you know it's like in this whole story and I can't what do you want now? I haven't talked to you in like 20 years. I'm not gonna send you cash. But is that like a dick move? The guys if the guy's got balls enough to reach out to you after all these years, you know he's desperate. Or is he, you know, a scammer?
1: They're all scammers to me. I'm not giving you my money. No. (laughs) If Nate called me and said, I I need $20 or $40, okay. I talk to Nate on a regular basis. Somebody I have not talked to in 5, 6, 10, 20 years, I'm not giving you anything.
2: Well, there you go. The lesson to be learned is if you need some extra money, just reach out to somebody that you talk to on a regular basis.
4: Well, and I think that's why we're weird about it is because it makes you think like, okay, so what have you done to burn all your bridges of people that you do talk to on a regular basis? Why aren't they helping you out? Is something else going on? Like, I had a friend ask me for money another time and I knew she was going through, um, she was a drug addict and she had probably been shunned by her family and all of her other friends. So she was just probably looking for anything that she could get money out of somebody. And so that's kind of how I felt. I I felt like I was being used. So sorry, I ain't paying for your drugs. I don't know you that much anymore.
2: If you were single, you'd be like, send me nudes and I'll send you money.
4: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Is anyone up?
2: <laughs> I know I would have. <laughs> How much are you looking for? hundred bucks? Okay. Take some videos. I'm going to give you a list of bullet points. I'm going to give you some bullet points of what I want in these videos. They're going to be dirty. Real dirty. <laughs> Fucking freaks. All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> Uh, In the third segment, we'll tell you all the cool stuff that's going on on the website, including the uh, new merch, the merch that Nate has done new merch. But I need you to bring those pieces of new merch up because I was looking at them the other day and I have this. I don't know what's going on. I think I might have like early stages of dementia or something. Alzheimer's. I forget where a lot of these things came from on the show. So we'll do that after our guest.
0: Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm,
2: trial and litigation attorneys. So, if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm. LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm. LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day
0: In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, The usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins,
2: WatkinsLawFirm.llc, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I want you to call my wife, but not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams, Atlanta North office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first time homebuyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because she's your guy. 404 797 4600. That's 404 797 4600. 600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m. All right. Some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. No offense. Stress free buying and selling. And like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com.
0: And back to you, Jason. <laughs> there he is, ladies and
2: gentlemen. He's back. With a vengeance, Mad Dog Manny Aurora. Hey, if we start a, a, a GoFundMe and we raise enough money, would you get a, a tattoo of Mad Dog Manny on your body?
3: I could probably do that. Dude, that'd be. You don't have any tattoos right now, do you? Not yet. Yeah. How would your wife feel about that? I think she's passed it caring. It's been almost 30 years of being married. I don't think it matters. She's past caring about what you do to your body. So you can start doing crack and she's
2: like, ah, we've been together for so long. The insurance is paid up. (laughs) It doesn't matter. We're fine. Uh, Did your wife have any tattoos? No. Okay, so why don't you guys get, like, she could get
3: Mrs. Mrs. Mad Dog Manny and you get Mr. Mad Dog Manny. I think in your mid-50s getting tattoos doesn't always look the sexiest. Uh, I I don't know, Nate. what do you think? Can, can I think Manny can pull it off, right? Good shape.
4: Yeah, maybe get like some dolphins around your belly button going in a circle.
2: <laughs> some, stamp some, <laughs> some swallows on your rib cage. <laughs> some lyrics to a Beatles song on the back of your arm.
4: <laughs> well, the good thing about it, if you get it when you're older, then it doesn't look like shit by the time you're 50, because most people get it when they're like 18 and then don't take care of it.
2: That's a good point. Touche,
3: touche. Yeah, it look fresh and new, not faded. Uh, okay, so here's... Uh...
2: What Some of the things I wanted to bring up with you. So we'll get to the questions, the voicemails. By the way, uh, Manny Aurora, theauroralawfirm.com, specializing in criminal law here in Atlanta, but can help you out anywhere you're at. So uh, theauroralawfirm.com. If you have any questions, Manny comes into the studio twice a month. Uh, You can leave those questions on the hotline, and we'll pick, you know, a few of the best, 404-369-3825. That's our hotline, 404-369-3825. So... The lead locally on WSB uh, recently was a story of you representing a police officer in an abuse case, correct? Yes. Okay, so what did the cop do, allegedly?
3: So this is inside the jail. There was a guy that was uh, acting up, and unfortunately, it's overcrowded, and they're short-staffed. So on the third floor, he was the only guard working that day with about 200-some-odd inmates. (sighs) And in one of the pods where there's 48 inmates, a lot of the cell doors are broken so that people can walk around. So this guy that's been a frequent flyer at the jail um, had come in this time for an aggravated assault <coughs> excuse me, with a knife. So he's acting up and arguing with some people, and the guy goes in, probably tells him 10, 15 times, hey, go back to your section, you know, do what I'm ordering you to do, and he doesn't, then he puts his hands on him, sort of pushes him. Oh. So a guy tases him. All right, so that happens, and then the guy gets up a few minutes later Starts accusing some of the other inmates of stealing his stuff. And something called 6 crypt and things like that start getting said. That's usually code for gang members saying we're about to beat somebody's butt. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he can just leave the pod, close the door, let them go at it because they're short-staffed. So he tases the guy a second time, and that's where the issues arise. And, um, you know, thankfully he didn't get out of control. Thankfully nobody got hurt. But, of course, in Fulton County that's considered aggravated assault. So now he's looking at 20 years in prison. The cop? The cop the jailer uh, instead of administrative discipline so it's just gotten a little bit too far one way after all this stuff the last couple of years
2: so the nikki d was a co at one time
1: i was yeah
2: so she this is like this is hitting home you're like
1: we the, didn't have tasers though while we had cattle was a, prods walkie talkie
2: whips no. and fire pokers That's what you guys <laughs>
1: <use>. <laughs> so the the
2: first tase was a clean tase right Yes. It's the second one. And when you
3: were saying that he was saying all these things in code, was that the guy that got tased that was saying those things? It was the people saying it to him because the guy that got tased was accusing everybody of taking his stuff.
2: Okay, so why exactly did the did he tase him again?
3: Because the guard is saying, stop doing this, come out of here, follow the instructions. He must have said it at least eight or nine times. And when you don't listen, and I'm sure Nikki attested this, You got to get control of the situation. Even though they're not threatening you, they still have to comply with the orders. Otherwise, it just gets out of control, right? Yeah. It's like saying, I'm an officer, Jason, you must stop. You're like, you know, piss off, run away. They're going to do something. Right. He didn't punch him. He didn't do any of that. He used probably the least lethal as far as that goes. You don't want to use pepper spray indoors because it gets everywhere. So they used a taser, and thankfully, everybody was fine. But, you know, these aren't the saints of. Anything. These are, you know, all dangerous people. There had been a couple of stabbings in the jail over the last few months. This all happened June uh, of this year. Uh-huh. So the guards have got all this going in the back of their mind. And this guard isn't like some tough young guy. He's 41 years old, family man, just been a guard for about four years. He'd had a career change because he wanted to give back to the community where he's from. Uh-huh. And um, What did he do before? Um, just he was a college graduate, mass communications, did things like that. But then for some reason he said, you know what? I want to make a difference in the community, help people out, treat people with respect, because all the things he'd been reading in the news with officers, Yeah. and um, now here he is. So, you know, if you're in that situation, Nikki,
2: right, and you're understaffed, were you understaffed when you worked? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of status quo, right? Mm -hmm. So you're understaffed, you're in the middle of a group of very dangerous people that hate you, that probably want to kill you, and this guy's trying to handle a situation by himself, you don't want to engage with the guy physically because if you lose, you're done. Right.
3: Right. So you want to stay at a distance. This guy's, you know, this is going to be a, an easy case for you. It's never an easy case because the climate's changed so much in one direction, you know, as far as that goes. And so the point is these close calls now are getting blown out of proportion. It's not like anybody got shot, anyone got hurt. Mm. Could he possibly handle it better? Maybe. Mm. But. There are weapons in there. There's shanks in there. Like I said, one of his other guards about a month earlier prior to this, earlier this year, had been stabbed in the head. Mm. Stuff like that happens. You don't want to get too close. You can't tussle with him. The guy, unfortunately, was much bigger than the officer to begin with. Mm. So... When we went to the grand jury the other day, the grand jurors got to ask him questions. They're like, "Well, why didn't you handcuff him and do that?" I mean, there's 47 other inmates walking around. You can't sort of lose your attention right. and you know leave the door alone and things like that. And there's not a team coming in to help you. And you'll see that on the video that that just didn't happen. It took almost 11 minutes for his lieutenant to get there, and lieutenants never show up. It's that's how understaffed they are. Wow. To try to help him out, and now you're being indicted and your life's completely shot. 20
2: years he could get?
3: Yes. For that, for that,
2: that's crazy. What is this guy
3: asking for? Well, the DA will ask for whatever they'll ask for, but eventually we'll get to trial in the next six, eight, nine months.
2: But I mean, they're looking for money. I mean, what's there's always a
3: there's no lawsuit. There's I don't know what the inmate's going to be asking for, but it certainly gives him the green light to do that. But he'd have to sue the county. But he's being the CO is being brought up on charges from the inmate from the DA's office, the inmate doesn't get to do any of that kind of stuff. It's the DA's office reviews any abuse of force type allegations. Oh, I got gotcha. you. And then they decide if there's a crime or not. I mean, at worst, I would think it's a battery. It's a 12-month sentence at most. But they went for the, the throat with the uh, aggravated assault. So it's 20 years. It's You know, it's I know this
2: is a, a, continuous, a continuous argument, but you go back to the very beginning. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of where did it all start? You go back to the catalyst, who started it, and if it could have been avoided, uh, then, you know, it's not I don't think person B's responsibility to downplay or change the narrative if person A started it. Right. If, if So if this guy started this altercation and person B being the CEO was trying to do their job and eliminate this situation, the altercation, and did it by what he thought was the best way necessary, he shouldn't be charged for that. You know, I, I, I always go back to, um, and I know there's uh, there's stories that aren't like this, that aren't that easy. There's, there's brutality and then over excessive use of blah, 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 whatever. I know. I get it. Not every cop is is the perfect cop, but uh, I'm very much pro-cop. So the, years and years ago, Nate, were you on the show when that story of the young cop took down the old guy across some, uh, I think it was the P house, the gay bar. Do you
4: remember that? Yeah. yeah I don't think it was there, but I, I do remember he was at a bar. I think he was getting kicked out of the bar. Cause he was too drunk. It, it, he was causing problems. He
2: was across the street doing something. And he goes after this cop and the cop by the book takes him down to the concrete and breaks his collarbone, puts this guy in the hospital because of the way he felt. Cause he was an older guy. And it was a big to do like, you know, when I remember going on the air and backing the cop going, it's not his fault. The guy went after him. You know, the guy, I don't care if you're 80 years old or 16 years old. You don't try to fight a cop because it's their job. They're training to take you down, down to Chinatown. And I remember bull on the show was furious with me. He was just like, n- not so much for what I was saying.
3: And there were people that agreed with him. But you go to the catalyst. Who's the bad guy? Who started it? It's always their fault. Well, in this case, it's not quite the physical altercation. It's just trying to keep order in the place instead of letting one of the inmates get the others riled up and things sort of get out of control. And so you've got to maintain order in these places. Or you're going to have a
1: riot on your hands.
3: Yeah. And I mean, Fulton County Jail isn't exactly, you know, a petting zoo. These are interesting people. Well, I've seen them on Uh, TV.
2: It's pretty rough there. Yeah, I mean,
3: you're about 30% overcrowded. Jail doors are broken. They're not working. There's people sleeping on what they call boats. That's when you sleep on the floor with a mattress kind of thing. Um, Yeah, it's a tough situation. And I'm like, I'm not sure what he's supposed to do, but we all look back at it in this perfect vacuum and say, oh, he could have done this, he could have done that. You never know what you do as far as that goes. You can have all the training in the world, but when it's one on 48, you know, you got to do what you think is best at the time.
2: Is he working until there's a decision?
3: He's going to be working a desk job, but now that he's been indicted as of two days ago, I don't know if the sheriff's going to change that or not.
2: Gotcha. Do you ever have to take anybody down to Chinatown, Nikki?
1: Yes, I did. Um, there was oh, an inmate. here MA- we go, Nate.
2: Here's the story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was an inmate that uh, I had to do what's called bar checks. I worked in a prison, not a jail. So um, the inmates have to step out of the cell. You have to go in, tap the bars, make sure they're not you know, trying to get out. So this particular inmate who was obsessed with me for whatever reason, I had to go in the hot. I made him step out. I went in, I, I tapped this bar as my yeah. back is still turned. I heard the door slam and I already knew in my mind that when I turned around, that I would be in this cell with this man. And sure enough, I turned around and he's standing there. Oh. And so I try to talk to him at first to get him to open the door and let me out. Cause I knew this was not going to end well, of course he was not going to do it. So I start thinking in my mind, okay, how am I going to get out of this cell? Because we don't have pepper spray and weapons. All I had was this mallet in my hand and my radio. So he started walking toward me. So I came up with a plan like in a split second. I took the mallet. Thank God I had it because normally we don't. And I was going to wait till he got as close to me as possible so that I could literally just flick my wrist and pop him with it in the nose because <laughs> he wouldn't be expecting that. They they would be expecting me to like swing or something. Like I could tell he was preparing to like block me swinging at him because uh-huh. that's what he thought I was going to do, but I didn't. So I waited till he got very close to me and then I – Popped them in his nose and <laughs> blood splurled and it came out, caught him off guard. And I ducked up, up underneath him because he was big and I and I ran out. Uh, and I then I he, called my people and they came and got him out of there. I thought he closed the door. He did, but I could push the button to get out. The door doesn't lock me in.
2: Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. All right, that's it's a a
3: good. Thing she's not in Fulton County, that's a serious, aggravated assault, right there. Yeah,
2: you're looking at 20
3: years.
1: No, I got nothing. Officer D, he went and he got put in the hole for a long time.
3: Yeah, you got,
2: but that was back in the day when you could abuse the current. Uh, the...
1: I did not abuse him, my life was in danger. <laughs> that's,
2: that's when you go to some of your inmate friends and go, You see that guy over there? You know what he did? Why don't you take care of it when you guys are out in gen pop? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I got, out, I got out
3: of it. Uh, all right, so that's good. You got any other story? How's Anna Delvey done? Uh, she's still fighting the uh, immigration issues. We filed a couple of habeas petitions and such, and so uh-huh. everything should hopefully get heard the next month or so. All right. It's a saga that never ends. Is she still, is she asking about me She does ask about Jason, and I sent her some pictures, and I didn't ask any more questions. Okay, just tell her, you know, tell her
2: she's on our minds, and we think about her every night, and uh, we can't wait to have her on the show. Um, great in person. We still love the show on Netflix. We still love her. Yeah. and um, free Anna, absolutely. You know, just, just we get some shirts made, and you know, Brandon. It's can, a hashtag, now, right? Yeah, hashtag Free Anna Delvey. Nah, Delvey's too difficult to explain. Just free Anna. Uh, any other stories you got? Any other people you're representing?
3: Not anybody I'm representing, but, man, these gang indictments are just coming down left and right. Everybody's in a gang now, right? Hybrid gangs, good gangs, bad gangs, tattoos, you name it. So I saw
2: that uh, social media videos, pictures, and rap lyrics use as evidence indictment against
3: 26 alleged gang members. So you're on the gang side of this, right? Well, I'm on the side of keeping everything safe. I mean, I don't want to get abused either, but at the same time, there's got to be some modicum of evidence and justice. But your tagline there... Rap lyrics, social media, and videos on social media. I don't hear the word like evidence, eyewitness, ballistics, DNA, fingerprints, all that's gone out the window. It's just all, look at all these bad things they've done, and oh, he's got a tattoo in his face, so he must be super dangerous. And it just plays into the white versus black fears, North Atlanta versus the rest of the city kind of thing. And that's how you get convictions, unfortunately. Well, it
2: says the evidence outlined in the indictment includes Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube posts from some of the alleged members, most of which are still uh, assess- accessible today. So you don't think that? Uh, I know you don't agree with if it's in a song, and then you give the example of Johnny uh, Johnny Cash and shooting at a man, and you know Reno and all that stuff. I and I get that, but if there's a post on social media that someone makes and it's a threat, You would you consider that evidence to prove that if they did shoot somebody and they said they were going to do it on social media,
3: that should be in part of the, the, the trial? The social media part can be supportive of actual evidence, right? If I shot you, Jason, and you identified me, and then on my Facebook I said, I shot that JB, I get it. But it shouldn't be the main cause of the evidence saying you must have done it because you talked about it on social media. Otherwise, if we go back to Sting when he was with the police, they were having sex with underage girls. There were stalking songs, right? Every breath you take, I'm watching you and all that kind of stuff. At some point, it gets to be too much. If there is substantive evidence, eyewitness, DNA, fingerprints, something, right? These people supposedly shot people. They broke into houses. Where's the evidence of any of that? Then you can use the social media to corroborate it and say, look, and he's bragging about it or confessing about it. Then I'm totally good with it. But otherwise, I used to know lots of people when I was growing up here in Atlanta and Clayton County and also in Gwinnett County where these young white kids would want to be tough and, you know, have tattoos and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't mean that they did anything. It's just a lot of copycatting out there trying to be official, right? So when you read these articles, you never read anything about any actual evidence. It's always we see this, we see that on social media, and therefore he must have done it. Yeah. Well, do you think
2: that it's the, the city or the state probably that are trying to find as many ways possible? It's like, oh, we don't have anything on Capone. Let's look at the books. Oh, tax evasion. That's what we're going to get them for. This is the same situation. They're trying to get them for whatever it is. They just don't have any evidence on it, so they're trying to find any outlet they, they can.
3: Right, but the tax evasion was books that we kept and you can track the numbers versus the bank accounts versus the intake. That's called money laundering and all those other kinds of things. It's proven by the numbers. You can't really dispute that. But if you're solely saying Al Capone... Um, you know, back then in the paper said, I'm a badass because I don't pay my taxes. Doesn't really mean he doesn't pay his taxes unless you could back up the proof. That'd be you know, awesome that. if that happened. Right, so I guess the social media equivalent would be in the paper. Or some <laughs> the rag back Chicago then. The
2: Chicago Tribune, Al Capone says, damn you to hell, people, I don't pay my taxes.
3: <laughs> right, but I mean, if that was the only evidence to convict him, I mean, just think about it. Think all the dumb stuff you or Nicky or anybody here has ever said, and don't we could use Brandon. that against you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's under 25, so it's all right. we'll
0: I well,
2: I see. I'm I'm pretty cautious now. I will say that you know, at the 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 pie, the early days of social media, you know, I look at my time hop and some things that I said in a, as a joke or whatnot. I'm deleting. I'm like, oh my god, I can't even believe I said that ten years ago. But that goes for just about anybody. I mean, th- there's things that you did when you were younger, different time, uh, different place. The only difference now versus maybe when our parents did it. Was that there's proof? there's there's you know there's there's digital footprint. There's archives of this,
3: right. but is it you posting something proof that you committed a crime, or should there actually be proof of the crime like we used to have, right? Yeah. You used to have your finger, you yeah. used to have some DNA. What happened to any of that, right? These people in these articles, oh, he's got a tattoo in his face, therefore he must be this because it says r x or it says whatever. Well, if I'm shooting at somebody and i got a tattoo on my face, it's going to be pretty easy to identify. That's not something you can say, you know, average build, average what? No, he's got three tattoos on his face. I saw it. You don't hear about any of that. And that's what worries me is we're just using people's words, their songs, their lyrics, their creativity as far as that goes, assuming they were even the ones that wrote it, right? Music is violent these days, whether it's alternative or this or that. You know, people talk about it. Hell, don't you have AJR or one of those other gangs that talks about the sunglasses on the thing I punched you in the face or their girlfriend? There's tons of things like that, but we don't use that to say that he's a serial batterer. You know, those kind of things.
2: That should be an upcoming top three. Uh, If You can make a note of that, Nate, and just email it to me. I'd appreciate that. Top three songs that, if you go back, charges would be brought up against them. (laughs) I'm, like, thinking as Manny's talking, I'm going, oh, my God, this guy would be in jail for me. I'll be watching you, man. I'll be (laughs) watching you. Or the school teacher,
3: she's underage. Hot for teacher by Van Halen. There's a
2: lot of them out there. All right, uh, let's get to some of these questions here. Is wearing a thong... Oh, this is from Nikki. Is wearing a thong bathing suit to the pool
3: or lake considered indecent exposure in the state of Georgia? Uh, not that I know of, but please be somebody that can pull off a thong. Well, Nikki, don't do the European things.
2: If there's anybody that can pull off the thong, let me see that
3: thong. It would She's not, not be even me. on the video, so Thank people can't much. tell. <laughs> this isn't like the European nude beaches with the old people with the flabby skin.
2: She's on the video. I got the three-camera shoot. Okay. So you're, you're got, we got cameras. so it's just not on that camera. I got you. Uh, I wanted to know what I should do next if I left a scene of a situation. I got into an argument with a family member, and when I tried to leave, the family member put themselves in front of my vehicle, started recording me. I proceeded to leave, and I ended up swiping the car door, uh, panicked, and left because I had no insurance, and she told the police I tried to hit her with my car. You get all that?
3: Yeah, I got all that. Okay, good. Well, there's some issues. I mean, if you hit the car, you're supposed to stop and report it. But then if you're saying that you had fear for your safety, then you're going to have a built-in defense that you fled. But then the question is, did you call the police to report it or any of those issues? So it's a little debatable. I need a few more facts, but it could be a problem. All right, let's get a uh,
1: voicemail here. Hey, Manny. <laughs> I-, I went over to my friend's ex-workfriend's house to pick up some of her stuff. My friend told me just to go into the house, and now her ex is suing me for breaking an enemy. What do I need to do? Uh,
2: the hotline number, by the way, 404-369-3825. What do I need to do? What does she need to do?
3: Well, is she being sued with a, somebody that's hired a lawyer, or is this one of those um, you know, people's court kind of lawsuits, which is what we call magistrate court here in Georgia, and you can sue for up to $15,000? Now, if the friend told her to go in and she believed that she had the authority to go in and take those items as far as that goes, she's got a built-in defense. Um, I can't imagine this going to court. What normally happens at magistrate court is the judges will say, you're going to mediate this thing, work it out with the mediator as far as that goes, and I think common sense should prevail. If there was some damage or something done, she should ask her friend that told her to go in to reimburse that person, Mm -hmm. and that should be the end of it. Or if she took things that didn't belong to her, the other person should be, you know, reimbursing her for it
2: have you seen that court television show it's called i think it's called live court where you can actually vote on the decision via your phone like on an app well,
3: that's frightening.
1: That's, I saw that show the other holy night. Holy shit, that was awesome! Scrolling going, through,
2: this is absolutely brilliant. You know, it's 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 they it's gimmicky cases. It's people's court. It's the it's the silly stuff. Right. I mean, somebody's not going to, to prison for life, but it's like, do you think Bill owes Susie a hundred and fifty dollars because he didn't decide to buy dinner? You know, whatever the case may be. Vote now on livecourt.com. dot com. Or I think it's cool. You know, that's just the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's.
4: it's been, it's basically a jury, right?
3: Yeah, we're we're the I jury. Mean, yeah, but with it's, no instructions on what just, the law is. Yeah, you know, that's what I mean. It's it's. it's but I think everybody waves uh, whatever rights, like even with the people's court, when they get on there, they have to waive certain things and certain evidentiary issues just to make it entertaining. But I guess if it's lowbrow stuff, maybe the show's paying you to be on it or something like that. It, I think
2: they do. I think the shows pay pay you to be on them.
1: I think they do too.
4: Yeah, because
2: you're you're techni- You're essentially a cast member. So well, like the get... people's court and all
4: those things, they, they just pay whatever the judgment is so that you go on it, they drop it out of court, they do it on TV. And if you are ordered to pay the other person $2,000, the court pays that $2,000. Gotcha.
2: It's a
3: nice way to get your 10 minutes as far as that goes. And you don't have to eat any bugs.
4: Yeah, that's right.
2: And they, I, but they do pay for your trip to go. <laughs> like uh, wherever they shoot, you got, they'll, they'll pay your expenses. And I think they give, Well, you they, they don't even do
4: that now because it's all uh, remote. Well, no, they got them coming back in, don't they? People's court, they're still they're still just doing the the like Zoom in thing. They probably figured we don't have to pay these people to to fly out to New York or wherever, so they just do it on the TV.
2: Interesting. I did see some of the uh, Tyrese case where the judge yelled at him and said he's got to pay ten thousand dollars a month in child support, and they were all masked up still. Uh, on the stand, I've never seen someone so uninterested to be on the stand in my life. That guy was like, get me the fuck out of here. And the judge yells at him He goes, dude, you got to, you owe your wife 10 grand a month. He's <sighs> like, you said that you, you, you were in your finances were in shambles and that you didn't have any money. Well, let's go over your tax return from three years ago. You made $2.7 million. He's <laughs> like, oops. Uh, all right. Do I have a civil case against the deputy or the county for violating my rights? I was approached by a deputy while standing in a hotel parking lot and charged with obstruction for failure to ID, arrested, and put in jail in Georgia. Ooh.
3: Well, you don't have to give your ID. If an officer just walks up to you and starts asking you questions, you can walk away. You have the absolute right to do that, you can run away. Um, unless the officer has some type of reasonable suspicion that you've done something wrong, they can't detain you. You have the right to walk away. So we would need a few more details about this. If it's truly just a cop walking up to you and saying, give me your ID, you can say no and turn around and head out. You're 100% within your rights of it. The question is trying to sue them. Did the guy act outside the scope of his duties? Can you get past the qualified immunities officers have? It's very expensive. And then the issue is, what's the harm to you? You know, if they detained you or charged you wrongfully, did anything happen? Did the case get dropped? So we well, need a why, few more details. But
2: why, why would you just walk away or run away? If a cop asks for your ID, there's a reason for
3: it. You know, there this- doesn't have to be, though. That's the whole point is, like, if he has an articulable suspicion that you did something, like, I saw somebody that fit your description or whatever, you know, break a car window or smoke some marijuana or something, then I came up to you to ask you. That's one thing. But if you just have a pure I walk up to the guy who's just standing there doing money knows business. You have every right to just to walk away.
2: I understand that, but my point is, is that if a cop asks you for your ID, instead of arguing with him, you might have not done anything wrong. You have to think that maybe it has nothing to do with you. Maybe he's just trying to eliminate you as a suspect or whatever the case. You just don't know. But they people turn these these silly little cop asked me for ID. Uh, and I and I said no, and I ran away, and then I ended up getting shot. It, it didn't have to go there.
3: Just say, "Hey, here's my ID. No big deal." Right, but you can also say, like a lot of the most senior conservatives I talk to say, is like the Constitution's only for the guilty, right? Yeah. If we haven't done anything, it's just that you have a right to do it. The cop needs to know that you have a right to do that. And I don't know why there's. We've gotten to a point where there's such a fear of police officers that you just don't know a lot of the details of this situation. But yes, you could possibly have a cause of action, but you have to come up with some damages. Mm-hmm. Um, or if the guy actually did something and this question doesn't explain that, then he, we would be in the wrong.
2: We need more COs like Nikki D. <laughs> just
3: so. carry a mallet pop the nose. It's <laughs> like a shark, you know, or an alligator, I guess. She's just, just all the same. She
2: has like some bright silver-chromed mallet engraved on her side hip. And she walks around. Oh, there's Mallet D. There's the mallet woman. Mrs. Mallet, get out of town. Uh, Can a convicted felon with a replica decorative gun and decorative bullets be convicted of a firearm in capital and quotes? What does that mean? Convincing. basically
3: you a felon can't have a firearm so what they're oh. saying a replica i imagine that means fake yes um then no you can't but if somebody sees you then the officer would have articulable suspicion to believe that you're carrying a weapon if it's a replica and you might end up getting hurt or charged until mm. they figure out that it's a fake but again common sense should prevail why would you even want to do that right. if you've got a record it just seems like you're inviting problems.
2: I was in a shootout with someone, and he started shooting at me first, though my truck and I exited the vehicle. Um, first through my truck, and then I exited the vehicle, I think. I returned fire, and I have the right to carry, and he is a felon. I was charged, and he didn't get charged with anything in the bond hearing. The DA never mentioned me getting shot. Just said I was shooting at him and gunned him down. I don't know what the question is, but that's, that's an interesting story.
3: Well, he's saying that the... Uh... Apparently, the victim shot at him first. The DA clearly doesn't believe that. So, we would need to have a few more details. So, whoever the lawyer is needs to get what's called a discovery to see. Are there multiple shell casings found at the scene so we can prove who shot at who first, or at least both sides were armed? Uh, Again, sorry to the listeners, but we need a few more details on this, but... If the DA believes you shot first at somebody, then, yeah, you're going to get charged, and the DA's not going to be all fair and impartial and cover all sides at the bond hearing. They're going to try to paint you in the worst light that they possibly can because that's what they do.
5: There,
2: so Rachel is the, uh, my wife, Rachel is the, uh, Rachel the realtor. She's the lead agent for, here in Atlanta, we have something called the Legacy Program. Also, we have the Neighborhood Initiative Program, which puts officers in Built, rebuilt up houses in what is currently not the best place to live, downtown Atlanta next to the stadium. And they're trying to revitalize that for numerous reasons, get the riffraff out, because you've got people that have lived in this city for 70, 80 years in the same house, and the neighborhood just built up around them, went to shit. And so the city is doing a fantastic job of changing that. And one of the programs is called the Legacy Programs, so if you were born in Atlanta and you want to take part in this, there's there's a process you go through. They'll put you in these newer houses and you get all kinds of equity and all kind. I mean, it's like a sweet deal, but you have to understand you're being put in an area that they're trying to change. So she just placed a a, a, a really nice man and wife, uh, his wife. They moved back from Louisiana where their house was destroyed by a tornado. I think he is APD, and they just moved into the house. They just put in their stuff, and he sees somebody on his camera, a kid trying to break in his car or something. So he goes outside. He's got his gun, and he says, this isn't the house, kid. Come on. You know, just wanted to shoo him off, like stop, just don't do it. Before he could get out, like even the sixth word, this kid starts shooting at him. Like, Like just instead of, you know, if you get caught, Breaking into a car. You run, right? You're like, you know, this guy was like, screw you old man and start shooting him. So he returns fire, but he wasn't trying to hit him. He was trying to scare him because he didn't want to kill him. He's like, he's a kid. And I'm like, oh my God, the balls on this kid. Like everybody's got a gun and everybody has uh, no problem just opening fire on people. It's
3: crazy. Yeah, but that's America these days, right? It's, As I keep preaching on the show, what happened to a good old fist fight? Yeah, Everybody's really. a tough guy when they have a gun, and that's just it. They call it a sign of respect, right? I'm going to get my respect. I got my gun. And everybody's shooting everybody. It's crazy.
2: It's nuts. I mean, the the, the the point of that story was I was so blown away that this kid, without without hesitation, just started opening fire on law enforcement. And, and he was breaking into the car. Like, they're... Somebody needs to, like, they need to teach this in school. You might do something that's wrong, but if you get caught, you just own up to it and move on. Because the more you try to get out of it and lie about it, it gets worse. This kid all he had to do was go, oh, sorry, sir.
3: Yeah, but My. think about societal things in the greater political scheme and where we are in today's world and the searches that you hear about on the news, um, maybe in Florida with a city starting with an M or something like that. The Trump stuff, yeah. I mean, nobody's (laughs) accepting responsibility for anything. We're lying about everything top to bottom. I mean, that's what standard have we set as a society? It's it's gotten nuts and we want everybody armed. So here we are.
2: You're right. It's, it it has gotten that vibe where the uh, line is, is, is it's, it's, your ethics go out the window. It's okay to lie. and you can justify it. They say everybody's a liar. And the people that say they're not liars are the worst liars. <laughs> those, are the, those are the ones that have a problem. Uh, how many days uh, how many days does it take for a fast and speedy trial if it goes over the speedy trial limit? What do I do next?
3: All right. Well, there's two types of speedy trial. On the state cases, there's a constitutional speedy trial, which generally kicks in after about 14 months or so since the incident took place. Mm -hmm. And then there's a statutory speedy trial. And that usually in Fulton County would be around six months, uh, you know, based on the type of crime. If that time comes and goes and the proper paperwork's been filed and the case gets dismissed. Um, And so that's what it is. If you're in federal court, the speedy trial rule is 70 days, but it always gets stayed for a bunch of other reasons. It could go on for years. Mm. But generally, constitutional speedy trial, little over a year, then you can start arguing that my rights have been violated. If it's a state statutory speedy trial, different counties have different rules because it's what they call two terms of court. So in Fulton County, that ends up being about four to six months, depending on the charge. Mm -hmm. And in other smaller counties where they don't have trials too often, it could be as much as a year.
2: Wow. Okay. Here's the last uh, voicemail we got for you.
3: Hey, Vanny. uh, I'm just wondering if it's better to have an open
5: container or an empty container. Like, should I drink it before I get pulled over or before I leave?
3: Guys, All right, well, if you're guys, in the guys, car, just like he died. <laughs> well, if you're in the car, it's always best not to have any containers, but an empty container is better than a half-drank container because the officer, if he pulls you over, could imply that maybe you're still driving, or at least there'll be that order of alcohol in the car, which will give him cause to start searching and doing other things. So, ideally, if you're at a bar, drink your beer, throw away the can or the bottle, and then. Take an Uber, which is, again, bad for my business. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you drive, try not to give evidence against yourself as far as you can go. You should politely decline everything, and then we'll take our chances with how things are going.
2: So the guy says, should I, if I'm drinking, in a, don't drive drunk. Don't be an idiot. I hate that stuff. So, it, But, okay, to, to your question, you're driving, you got a half-filled container, cop pulls you over, chug it <laughs>
3: he's like well if you chug it then, i mean the video is running from the dash cam they'll probably see your head leaning back or you picking something up so it's probably not the smartest thing to do plus your breath will have that stink so it's going to give the cop officer even more cause as far as that goes yeah be smart i mean if you have drunk or something just don't bring the evidence into your car
2: or have your buddy drink it that's in the car you That's know. true too. <laughs>
4: but what if you're you're not drunk And you drink, like, he's drinking it to not get the open container. There's, like, let's say DUI is off the table. Would he not get an open container if the can is actually empty?
3: Well, there's two types of DUI, right? There's that 0.08, which is the per se DUI, which means you're over the limit. But you can also get DUI less safe. So you could be... 0.05, 0.06, 0.04, whatever the officer could just say, hey, there's evidence of you were speeding or the officer pulled you over for something, right? And so what they'll say is you're DUI less safe because you had some amount of alcohol in your system and you did this other traffic violation that I pulled you over for, we can try to get you for DUI less safe. So there's multiple ways the state can get you. The idea is just try not to have alcohol in your car except for like when you're buying it and it's sitting in a six pack or something like that in the back. It just... Wouldn't be smart. It's like saying, well, I'm just going to run for the police and throw it out the window and then pull over. Just, it's not going to end well.
2: Brandon, you strike me as
5: the guy that drinks and drives. Uh, no, I don't, I don't drive drunk. You know, I, I won't lie. Maybe after work a long day, might have a little, you know, 12-ouncer. Well, while, while you're driving, though. Yeah, occasionally, yeah, occasionally. That, that's
3: where it starts, by the way. Well, that's what I tell people don't do that in the car, don't smoke marijuana in the car because that stuff will stink it up. So, if you get pulled over three days later, it's still going to have that smell in the, the carpeting looking thing, you know, in the roof of the car. Just go do it outside. You honestly can't wait till you get home or just pull
2: over at a bar. You have to have a beer in the car.
5: No, I don't have to, you know, just a long day. But
2: sometimes, you th- I, 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 I do you think it like it's cool?
5: They all look at me! I'm drinking a beer in the car. Uh, it's just a little more relaxing. It's a, it's a blue collar thing. It's a-
3: <laughs> it's not a blue collar. thing. <laughs> Drive through <a> liquor store.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, so it's just a blue collar thing to do something stupid, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's not
5: like we're drinking a 12 pack on the way home.
2: But that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter if you get pulled over. You're still going to get charged with the same thing. Like the the the, the risk doesn't uh, the the risk doesn't outweigh the reward. So, like, I mean, if you're going to do it, drink a 12-pack. Like, if you're going to go to jail for a very long time, you know, you better be drunk. But just to have a, a beer in the car, that's just dumb. You're, you're going to get the same charges, right? Right. But that's but what he, probably he probably wouldn't have blow to you, would he?
3: Well, no— you don't have to blow the 0.08 is what I'm saying. If you're drinking a beer and, and say you're playing around with your radio and you swerve a little bit or something, they can say, hey, you swerved. Hey, there's an open beer. I smell alcohol in your breath. It may not be over the legal limit, but you can be what's called DUI less safe. That means something below 0.08, but uh, cause something erratic in your case. And they can say, oh, that caused you to swerve this or you didn't use your blinker for that. And now you're opening yourself up. So Jason's point is, it's been a long day. Wait the extra 20 minutes to get home and have the beer. yeah. Because I would you. be very concerned if I saw you on I-75 going downtown or wherever you, know, you may be driving to, drinking a beer while I'm out there. I'm just like, whoa. And somebody's going to probably call, rat you out.
2: See, that's, it's called common sense. And that's why I'm the prince of common sense. You know, It just doesn't make any sense, Brandon. That's what I'm trying to help you with in this journey of life is that cuz I, I, I personally and i know you might not know this but i know that you think it's cool that's like i'm drinking a beer in the truck after a hard day's work it's a blue collar thing
5: now, i would think that in high school yeah yeah it's, it's cool
2: but it's not it doesn't it doesn't make any sense it's it's not worth the payoff
5: Right? You just but, st- stop it up. A-, a little relax just kind of calms you down after a long, stressful day. You're just like, oh, okay. And then you're like, all right, now let me finish my gallon of water. It's It doesn't, it's
2: the, but if you get pulled over, you're screwed. Stop off at a bar, wait 20 minutes, like Manny was saying, till you get home to have the beer, and then have a new little regiment where, oh, I just love laying in my hammock and having my beer after a long day's work. It's so relaxing. <laughs> it's a blue collar thing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, Brandon, go to the bar, get drunk, and then drive home.
2: Yeah. Well, without a kid. But, but that, what I'm saying is, is at least you, you know, uh, you're drunk, right? I mean, the one beer, you're not drunk, but you'll get the same charges. Let's just hope you don't kill somebody, including yourself, on, on this process. You, Nate, you understand what we're saying, right?
4: Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, Brandon, Brandon, and I gauge other, we're country. I, I mean, you guys might not understand, but this is a blue collar thing. Riding in the truck uh, on the gravels, drinking a tall boy Bud Light. I, I feel you, Brandon. Tell t- me, straight. tell me about the blue collar life in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. <laughs> hey, I'm from I'm from Iowa, man.
3: I grew up in Iowa, man. We moved from in India. We moved straight to Oskaloosa, Iowa. And let me tell you, they don't drink Bud Light. It's Budweiser if you're blue collar. baby. Yeah, Bud Lights for those Light. uh, lefties. Do you know where Manny's from, Nate?
4: Yeah, I know where Oskaloosa is.
2: Oskaloosa.
3: Oskaloosa. Who's
4: that? Uh,
2: Indian? Indian. Native American?
3: Yeah. Native American. I don't think they named Indian things in Iowa. Right. Well, well, that's why I said I that, didn't. because
2: you're Indians. I just wanted to
3: specify. It was uh, there's I- the, <laughs> And then there's uh, <laughs> the... <I don't> Welcome <laughs> to so, didn't mean <laughs> to offend anybody. You can say that. You're Indian. <laughs> you're but not. I'm not that kind of Indian. Uh,
2: yeah, you're not Native American. You're Indian. You're from India. At, what's that thing you do every Christmas? It's really cool.
3: Diwali. Festival of Lights. Yeah. It's around Thanksgiving time, but yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Like, Manny's house turns into, like, uh, Taj Mahal. It's cool. Everybody's got these really cool outfits on, and it's neato. We'll
3: have to invite all you guys nice. over again this year. We have people over. And yeah. 50, 60 people, and it's always a good time. It's it's
2: amazing. Like, it's just, it's like, the, the the Indian attire and all that. I mean, it's really, really cool. Uh, all right, let's do one last question here. What can we expect from an elderly Vietnam veteran threatening to shoot a doctor over the phone? This involves an elderly disabled veteran in chronic pain, frustrated over a doctor's perceived as incompetent. You
3: get that? Yeah, but why wouldn't you just get a new doctor? It's not that
1: easy with the VA. You can't just choose your own doctors. You have to see who they appoint you. She is correct. But is
3: it a VA doctor that he's talking about? Or is it just a veteran that's unhappy with his doctor? Meaning, uh, like, you know, if you have TRICARE or something like that, you could. Well,
1: if he's complaining and he sounds very disgruntled, which that person does, it's nine times out of ten a VA doctor.
3: I got you. Well, yeah, I don't. I I have TRICARE because I'm retired military, but I haven't gone to the VA. I'm sure it's a hard process. But threatening to kill someone generally isn't good. In the state of Georgia, they call it terroristic threats. Um, and that carries, a, I think it's either one to five or one to ten year offense. So I'd highly recommend against it because if you get charged because he's a veteran, he'll go into veterans court. You'll get mental health treatment, all kinds of things that you may or may not want. Mm. But it doesn't make your situation any better.
2: So this guy could get one to five for threatening to shoot a doctor over the phone. But these guys in these gangs and these rap songs, they say they're going to shoot somebody in a song. It doesn't because of the creative freedom in the First Amendment.
3: Well, they're not actually coming up to you, Jason, saying, Jason, I'm going to shoot you in the face and I've got the ability to do it or something like that. I mean, that's a direct threat versus if he was just singing it. I don't know on the phone saying, Hey doc, I got these great lyrics. What do you think? Uh, (laughs) That's you've got to remember that.
2: So next time you get in an altercation with somebody and you want to threaten them, because you know, if you get in an argument with a stranger, there's going to be some type of slur that's going to come out. That's just how it's always been. It doesn't make you racist. It doesn't make you a killer. It's just, I'm going to kill you. So you go, Before you start, you got to remember, you're like, man, we're going to have some words. Everything I'm about to say to you is in song lyrics that I have written somewhere in my head. But I'm going to kill you,
3: you slur slur. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Remember, the song lyrics are like way after the fact in a song and not directed to anybody. It's just a video. But versus just looking at him saying, hey, I'm going to do this to you. That's a little different.
5: Uh, Nate, do you have anything for Manny before we let him go? You you might know this Bailey. You remember like it was a few years ago, and they had like the Copenhagen Jack, and they had that problem of people getting pulled over and they were blowing when they just had the dip in Copenhagen Jack.
2: No, I don't remember that. It's a blue collar yeah. thing, Jason. Come on, man. I, I guess so. It's, it's I, I I wouldn't get it. Maybe you told me that when we were coming back from a long day of cutting lawns and we were drinking a beer in the car. I forgot though. I'm sorry, I was too drunk. Painting roofs, <laughs> painting
5: roofs. But yeah, how how would you prove that uh, it was the dip that made you blow over? Versus like, I'm not drinking, it's just the dip, I promise you.
2: But they marinated the Copenhagen and Jack, right?
5: That's what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And people were blowing and they're getting in trouble. So how do you prove that, hey, this was actually my dip and not a beer?
3: Right, but if the dip's laced in alcohol and it's causing the same effect, then I guess you have the same problem, right? I mean, I'm assuming the cop would see on the body cam that you've got a big thing of dip, you pull it out, and then the issue is going to be, how much alcohol is it? It's like, am I eating a bourbon rum cake? I'm not, you know, technically drunk unless it's just all rum and very little cake. Mm-hmm. Don't mean to confuse the issue, but you're still technically drunk just because you put your alcohol in some other food form. Right? It's like,
2: I'm not high. I just had two gummy bears.
3: Right. Or I'm eating a marijuana <laughs> brownie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. It's just like I put my Jack in the Coke. How'd be any different than putting it in your dip?
2: Was that any good? Have you tried it?
5: Yeah, it was all right. And the other thing I was confused is they sold it, you know, before they changed the law to, you know, 21 nicotine. You could buy it at 18.
3: I mean, how much alcohol would be in there? If you blew, you would never go past the 0.08. I mean, it should barely register unless there's just a buttload of alcohol in a little bit of dip, which I can't imagine. So it seems like a non-starter.
2: My first dip ever, 13 years old, was the Skull Wintergreen, and it was marinated in olive juice.
1: It, that sounds so nasty. It was
2: delicious, and I was hooked ever since.
3: All right, so it's a dip expert. How much alcohol can you put in a little bit of dip in your mouth that would cause it to register on a alcohol I, sensor?
2: I've never done it, and now that Brandon said it, I am going to try it. But I've never done it uh, before, so I, I have no idea. I can't. I can't answer that, Brandon. I'm assuming and experiments with his dip, and he probably puts meth in there and cocaine flakes, and fentanyl, fentanyl, and all kinds of stuff. He's. He's a big drug addict. It's a blue-collar thing. He so tell have.
3: me, how much alcohol could you possibly have in a dip? Now you've got me really curious. i got to Google this.
2: I think he's looking
4: it up right now. All right. His dial up slow.
2: Nikki, do you have anything for Manny?
1: This is my question. I to I, I can't
4: even find anything about it except for uh, TGI Friday's Jack Daniel's barbecue sauce. That's the
3: only dip <laughs> that I can find. That's what we'll tell the officer. I had a lot of barbecue sauce on my ribs.
2: Well, you must be on the dark web to find something from TGI Friday. <laughs> you. Some some buried Reddit thread from 50 years ago. That's why
3: they call it eating good in the neighborhood, baby. Uh, all right, Nikki, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Is it illegal if a cop pulls you over and gives you a ticket for whatever reason? If you don't want to sign that ticket, they can, can they really take you to jail for that?
3: No, they... They can take you to jail for a speeding ticket if they wanted to, right? It's technically all state crime. But if you don't sign it, they just say refused. They give you the ticket, and that's the end of it. it well, it I,
1: I asked the question because I always thought that it was not illegal if you don't want to sign a ticket. But I'm sure you may have seen that video that went viral here in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago where this couple was in the park, and the cop went up to them because this was a park you couldn't be in after a certain time, and he gave them a ticket, and the lady refused to sign it. And he arrested her, and of course it went viral because he, you know, kind of roughed her up when he was arresting her. But I, I didn't know that that was a law in Georgia.
3: It's not illegal not to sign it, but they could have arrested them for the city ordinance violation or whatever it is to begin with. So the cop has discretion. So if you got pulled over doing fifty-five and a forty-five, they mm-hmm. could theoretically arrest you. It's a state crime, and you could theoretically do time. But we have lots of clients that you know freak out, don't know the rules or whatever. And think that signing it admits some kind of responsibility. The mm-hmm. signing the tickets everyone is just the notice saying you got notice to show up in court. You leave the bottom of the ticket where you sign it. Mm. It'll say on November 1st at 8am you need to be at municipal court, whatever. All you're doing is acknowledging notice. You're not saying I did it or I didn't do it. That's just a notice issue. Mm. You don't have to sign it but in theory anything you could get a citation for just about you can be arrested for. So I don't know much about that video mm-hmm. but He could have arrested them anyway. It seems like a very poor decision making, much like what we've been talking about when we first started the show. A lot of people making Um, bad decisions, Brandon. Here we are. Yeah
2: life decisions, Be it, do better, make just good choices great
3: for work, keep it up guys <laughs>
2: <laughs> alright, uh, Manny Aurora theauroralawfirm.com that is the website, theauroralawfirm.com the hotline for next uh, Manny visit, Mad Dog Manny visit 404-369-3825 uh, anything criminal law defense attorney, you're going to Manny you're talking to Manny uh, and uh, just reach out,
3: again, com. good to see you, Mad Dog Max, uh, can I leave you with a teaser? yeah, please I should try to come back in a couple of weeks, but I've got a big trial starting to cab on the 12th. Great alibi defense for the call data records show that the client was about 30 miles away from where the armed robbery took place. Ooh. DA's still just messing with us because the description was a bald man, and our guy happens to be bald. So Really? It'll be, it'll be interesting. I can give you some good uh, feedback on how quickly we get the acquittal in that trial.
2: Yeah, can we have the, the guy you're representing on too?
3: Um, I mean, I guess I can ask him, but let me get the acquittal first before I get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, he's feeling good.
2: So, so the cops arrested this guy uh, for a burglary and armed robbery or armed robbery. I think I was nowhere near.
3: Nowhere near. What had happened is the guy that committed the armed robbery called our guy up and said, "Hey, can I use your ID?" Because apparently I didn't know this. If you have old cell phones, you can go to a Walmart and there's something called an eco ATM, and you can stick yeah. your cell phone in there, and the machine will give you money back. But uh-huh. You have to have an ID, so they used our guy's ID, and so they went and arrested him for the armed robbery, saying, "Hey, what's your ID?" You know.
2: Wow. So. So it was his buddy that did it. Yeah. Wow. Then he and he sold him out,
3: right? Well, didn't say anything. I mean, he's in uh, custody, and we got arrested, too. Thankfully, our guy's out. But um, it, it's going to be interesting. We pulled all the call data records, all the towers that the phones were pinging from, and it's going to be fun. So, what, uh, look, just Not me, fun for him, but legally, it'll be fun.
2: Let me give you some advice, Matt Dog. Make sure you cross your T's and dot your I's, because these people, they're sneaky. They'll come in there, and they'll be like, you think you got the case one? And I watch a lot of Law & Order SVU. I see this stuff happen almost every day on USA Network. They'll find them. They'll find a crack. (laughs) They'll find a crack. You just, you're too confident right now. I just
3: got to get ready for McCoy and whoever the lady assistant is, depending on the season that he's got.
2: Uh, Oh, has he got different ladies during the season?
3: Well, I mean, if you've watched Law & Order, I mean, there have been multiple actresses over the years. Oh, you're talking talking uh, about Law &
2: Order stuff. Oh, yeah, you got Alex. uh, Is
3: it SVU? Which one's McCoy? He's just regular Law & Order, right? Yeah. That's coming back.
2: SVU is uh, is is Olivia Stabler, Stabler, Olivia Benson, Ice-T, Finn Tutola. Uh,
3: Look up some Ice-T videos. I'm sure we could arrest him for something.
2: Well you know cop killer and <laughs> you name it he's got it all right uh again the aurora law firm.com good stuff thanks again everybody for the questions for the, by the way the questions there's a spot on podcast our website that you can fill that out ask the questions and it, it goes right to us or you can do it on social media but good to see anybody thank, thank you. you
4: guys hold up wait a minute
2: let's hear from our sponsors Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross, Georgia showroom location, let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIgranite.com. The letters UCI, the word granite.com. Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide-format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS Podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. Creategraphics.net. That's C R E A T E g-r-a-p-h-i-x.net or seven seven zero three six nine ninety nine sixty two. 369 9962 That's seven seven zero three six nine ninety nine sixty two. 369 9962 Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project. will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an x.net.
4: Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save
0: you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason.
2: I really, when you did those designs... Uh, for the website and the shirts and the merch and stuff Nate I can't remember where all those sayings came from I love that you use sayings from the show I really do but I can't remember where they all come from so if you go to podcastthebs.com we have a merch store most of you know that um, and we'll Nate will update the designs he'll give new designs if you want to buy the shirts a lot of you are like collecting them all for coffee cups or whatever which is way cool so we appreciate you doing that Uh, But a lot of the stuff now, outside of the normal logos for the different shows, they come from things that are said on the show. So can you pull them up? You have, what, six new designs, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So name one off. We'll start with Don't Be a Blake. Where did that come from? I
4: don't know, because I write these things down while we're doing the shows. Shit. Shit. Yeah, I can't remember. That's the one I couldn't remember, but I wrote it down, and I did it because a couple of people named Blake were reaching out to ask if we were uh, going to do a shirt for that. So, <laughs> so to all the Blakes out there, you can go on the website and buy it now. But it was it was uh, it was a playoff. It was a playoff. Something we were talking about some celebrity or somebody named Blake, and they did something shitty, obviously, and we didn't want him to be a Blake. I believe I said it, but I don't remember which Blake we were talking about. Hey, Blake Lively. <sighs> Cause Brandon has a big crush on her. That's the only Blake I could think of out the top of my head.
2: See, I don't think it was that I thought it was, we were discussing, there was a word that rhymed with Blake and I'd mixed them both together. It was like a black rake or something like that. And it was like, don't be a Blake. I mean, I know that's not that one, but that's what I thought it was, but I could, Oh I, yeah. It could be that I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, Nikki, do you Nikki, have Nikki. any ideas? I have no clue. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, What's another one? What's the Shania Twain one?
4: Uh, I believe we were talking about Shania Twain's ex-husband who cheated on her. Mutt Lang. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, you're right. You're correct. I'm pulling up. Let me pull up all these. So I'm not, uh, I, I got my, my newsletter in my inbox and I put a picture of all these. Uh, Okay, um, yeah. So, I, I and I said you don't cheat on Shania Twain. That's just you just don't do that. That's absurd. Nobody she, cheats on Shania Twain. See, Tua Tolongovola, whatever his name is, Tua, the quarterback for the Dolphins. They were they were doing like a quick Q and A with him, like the Dolphins video crew or something, and um, they said, uh, l- like, "What is your your what is it when?" um when you like music, but you don't tell people what it is, it's your oh, like guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure, thank you. Yeah, so it was your guilty pleasure, and he said Shania Twain, and they go, "All right, well, who's your cru- who's your who's your all time crush?" And he goes, "Well, it's probably Shania Twain," and he's like, "You know, hey Shania, if you are listening, blah blah blah." So anyway, she replied back to him on Twitter, and it was like, "Yeah, it could be worse. Don't be, you know, it, things could be things could be worse, uh, worse off than liking me or something to that effect." I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Uh, All right. I can't read these shit. If you don't know them, fuck them. Where did that come from? That's a good shirt, by the way.
4: Uh, I said, excuse me. I said that. uh, I can't remember what we were discussing, but I was, I was basically saying, write certain people off. It's like, if you don't know them, fuck them. You don't have anything to do with them.
2: Yeah. I like that one. That's probably going to be the biggest seller.
4: Yeah, I think so as well.
2: Because I've already bought it. I think that's great. (laughs) Uh, I still think that you should put something over the U. I think you should put the BS logo. I just don't think everybody's comfortable wearing fuck on
4: their shirts. That's damn cancel cancel culture, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Snowflakes just can't deal with a word.
2: Nikki, (laughs) would you wear fuck on your shirt in front of your daughter? No.
4: Okay, exactly. See, Nate, but Nikki's not the person that we're aiming these shirts at.
2: Why not, <laughs> Nikki? If she Nikki thinks if you don't know him, fuck him. That's her attitude. Why wouldn't she want to? I see. Here's the thing you have to understand, Nate. Is if I don't have a problem with like I don't necessarily have a I don't have a problem with the word fuck. Obviously, we do a segment coming up here better with fuck, right? I don't have a problem with it. I have a problem when somebody uses the word or including myself, or where's the word in front of kids? Because now you're subjecting those kids to a word that they don't maybe necessarily know or need to know or should be saying at that age. And that's my problem with it. That's why That's Freedom. why I'm not a fan of that. Freedom of speech.
4: <laughs> if you had kids, you'd understand. <laughs> yeah, but you got to teach your kids. I mean, adults say you know the f word you're, or whatever word you just got to teach your kids that you the, the kids know that they're not supposed to drink are you do you not drink around your kids no you drink and you teach them this isn't something you do until you're older you know it's, parenting you from parenting
2: Nate you know it's different you know damn well it's different it's just you shouldn't be put in, in, in the like well okay if you want to use drinking as an example d- drunk in public overly drunk slurring doing dumb shit saying dumb shit you do that in front of my kid, you and I are going to have a problem because you should not be acting like that, and my kid should not be subjected to seeing you like that.
4: So, yeah, it's a, if you want to use that example, I agree. Well, then you shouldn't have your kid at a place where there would be somebody that drunk. Airplane. Yeah. My kid you should, should be have there. No kids on the airplane. <laughs> no Fuck kids. I hate them. They're kicking your seats. They're screaming. They're crying. Get them off the airplane. <laughs> Adults only. So put, them I lo- on the, put them in the cargo.
2: I love the shirt. Is there any way we could get an edited
4: version as well? Just with put the logo over the U. That's all I'm asking. Is I don't possible? want to spend time on, on something that's not going to sell anything. My my time's precious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I will tell you our top-selling shirts, number one, obviously, is just our logo. Number two is better than radio. The next four are Cheers Fuckers, Fuck Yeah Chicken Source Nuggets, and Everything's Better with Fuck. Okay i'll I'll make a bet with you because you, <laughs> you you might be right, okay? I'll bet you
2: twenty dollars, okay? that if and I'll even give you a head start because this has been up on the merch store for for a minute now. If you add the edited version, I'm going to say by the end of the year, okay, we'll give it till December. I'm going to say by the end of the year, the edited version will sell more than the non-edited version. It gives people an option. Now, some might buy both. Who knows? I don't know. If I'm wrong, then we'll say, by again, by the end of the year, late December, I will Venmo you $20. Okay. Is that, is, is that fair? Is that a good bet? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Because
4: cool. I don't think like, somebody like Nikki, no. I, I don't think she would wear it even if there was a logo on it. That's just not her style. Exactly. What's her style? God
1: what is it? God, <laughs> I can't
2: read it. What is it? What's, what's the, tank the tank top, top? on? Fraggle Rock? No. What's what's the what, what's the what's the God one, Nikki? God
1: was born with a tank top on.
2: Yeah, God was born with a tank top on. <laughs> <laughs> Which when Nate posted it, I, I, Rachel was looking through the merch store because like whenever there's new designs, she goes and she buys them all. So so Nate hey, she she goes. Do you know the one about the tank top? The God, you know, the tank, they don't offer it. In a tank top. <laughs> I said, I messaged Nate and he's like, oh, shit. He's like, how do you think I got the picture? It was from a tank top. I must have not hit this button or something.
4: <laughs> no, that is not what happened. Oh. It was up there. She just couldn't find it, apparently. But I, I sent you the link. I didn't do anything. It was already up there.
2: Oh, I thought you said that it, it like it disappeared or went away and then you had to redo something. She said she couldn't find it.
4: No oh, no, it was up there. That that's how I got oh. the picture for it. I just copied the picture that was on the on the store. Oh, well, I was a, I was talking about uh, a different shirt said that, that was missing something. She's an idiot. So,
2: all right. Uh, and then you've got the two other ones. What's the white one with all the the black silhouettes? What's that say?
4: Oh, uh who wants to go stand start a dance party with those guys up there?
2: Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, I'm gonna buy that and send it to that douchebag that I told the story about from a couple of years ago at the tennis
4: tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. People that's, were asking for that.
2: That's gotta be by the way, all these shirts that you know, like I, I know I put in the newsletter and Nate posted it on social media. You can get them in any color you want. So these are yeah. just random colors that that Nate decided to, to to use and it's not
4: just shirts you know as you've said it's or even just um like uh clothing items it's anything there's stickers there's phone cases get it on a mask if you want you can get them on a pillow you know on a notebook you can get them on anything you just got to click on the different options at the bottom
2: yeah uh yeah we get i got pillows over my couch you know you i get the tote bags are really cool and so it, there, there's a lot of cool stuff what's that nikki i said i got a mug get a mug yeah the mugs are good they got dog clothes which we're gonna get all the dogs uh some logo clothes so it's pretty cool and then the last one is uh, a personal favorite even though i'm not a huge fan of my face on 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 shirts like the one where you put where i look like rocky dennis from mask when i was in sixth grade with the what was supposed to oh be? yeah the
4: i like snacks and i know things for your birthday
2: blonde <laughs> highlights it turned out my hair being red but the the one with me and a pile of money. I look like the monopoly man. I'm just assuming that's what I, the, the image you took and just Photoshop my picture of it. And it says what? Uh, anyone have change for $150,000? <laughs> 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 Last time I say, Oh, all it costs is a cost hundred or $200,000. God almighty. People took that out of context. So, yeah. so anyway, those are all up there. You did a great job. Thank you for doing oh, that.
4: No yeah. problem. No,
2: yeah. And you saw I put it in the newsletter. You guys read the newsletter? You guys see the newsletter?
4: Yeah, I opened it now, so you should you should be able to see that we opened it. Yes. Uh, okay. And, and, and
2: anything in particular in there, Nikki, that you like?
1: I like my shout-out. It was, it was pretty dope. I've already screenshotted it and sent it to a few people.
2: Okay. I don't do shout-outs, but I did mention that you're on the show on, on a regular basis, and, uh, and it's good to have you, and I used... I tried to, I used the best picture I could find. I think it was the same one Nate used for the website. There was another version where he had a weird lip thing going on. I was like, ah, she probably doesn't want me to use that. So, but yeah, the newsletter's <laughs> up there. I haven't looked at if you opened on the newsletter, even though um, I, I, I'm a fan of doing these newsletters. I really am. I,
4: <laughs> I like your, I like your little uh, sub is bust backwards. So get on it. That's smart. That's oh clever. Yeah.
2: You like my little, like my little thingies that I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I Sounds didn't, good. I didn't change some of them. I just kind of kept them there. Like that one. I think that I like that one the best. That was fun. And I give you a little update on podcast and Porsche too. And it's a mess. Um, I don't know what to tell you guys. I just, the, where we were, I, like I put in the newsletter, um, we're still in a holding pattern. What was supposed to be isn't actually going as it was promised and planned by certain people, not me. Uh, Everything was in concrete and ready to rock and roll, and and pretty much got fucked. So, um, anyway, I've 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 got meetings with other people that are wanting to be a part of the podcast and pours as we grow it and make it bigger and so on and so forth. It just sucks that I had uh, a lot of sponsors that were all lined up and ready to go that I'll probably lose, as well as the bands that we had booked. There were personal relationships that make me look like an idiot. So I just have to next time. Remember, this is my fault. You know, and I'm not a trusting guy, DTA, right? Don't trust anyone. I trusted the source. Like I was all in. I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have a plan C and that's not my MO. I always have a plan B. I always have a plan C, but I was like, no, I'm all in. And this is what happens when you get all in. So it's my fault and it will never happen again. But anyway, um, that, podcast dot com, So a lot of the merch and all kinds of good stuff become a two percenter premium, two percenter subscribe. If you don't mind, we'd appreciate you doing that. Uh, and that's about it. I need my, I need your four ninety nine so I can buy more fish. My fish keep dying. I can't keep these damn things alive. I, really? They're like, I'll put new fish in and then four days later they die every time.
1: Something I wrong with that tank. I know you think that there is, but there definitely is. Well, there there obviously has to be something wrong with the tank,
2: and I don't know what it is, but I check the, the, like, I've got all these, I've got little tubes that I check, and I put solution, I mean, I test everything. I got sticks, checking for the nitrate and the hardness
1: and all this stuff, and every time I check it, it checks out fine. Every time I walk past that tank, it feels like I'm about to wash dishes. It's not right. Something's wrong with it. What do you mean about to wash dishes? What does that mean? Sudsy and then it's a film over it. Like you finna wash dishes. It shouldn't be like that. You they're not a, they're not
2: suds, you dumbass. They're bubbles. It's got bubbles in the background. The bubbles bring oxygen to the
1: fishes. I've seen a lot of fish tanks in my day. Some mm. of
2: yours. I'm sure you look like an aqua woman. What do you what do you call a fish with no eye? Uh
1: catfish? No. Fish. <laughs> fish. fish. <laughs>
2: So here's what I'm doing, right? They die. And we've got now two tanks. We've got the beta tank up in the man room, and we got the, the 10-gallon tank down here. So we, we now have all the same fish, these platies, right, these platy fish, and then a couple catfish. These guys are actually doing okay. But I've, like, befriended the people at Petco. Petco's my go-to. And the lady that runs the place, this woman, Rachel, she's, I think she's a manager. Them. She's fantastic. Everybody that works at this Petco is fantastic. They are so overly smart. In a world where people are doing everything to find somebody to work for their brand or store or whatever, Petco does not have that problem. They have so many employees, at least the one that I go to, and they're all nice, they're awesome, and they're so educated on whatever it is that I need, especially the fishes, right? There's a girl that works there. Rage thinks she's got a thing for me. I told of her. Of course. I know. <laughs> Rage thinks I'm like this fucking super stud, right? Um, so, of course, I deny it. Because you have to. Like, what guy goes and says, oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. She wants his dick. No, no guy <laughs> says that. But I got to tell you, I think she's right on this one. <laughs> I, really, I really do. Like, I, I was like, God, I forgot what this was like. You know, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, I forgot all about this, uh, anyway, so w- w- they have a policy after two weeks if your fishes die in the two weeks, you can take them back and they'll replace them so nice. yeah, isn't that great? So literally, since I've gotten this tank all set up since so after like three months, four months, I haven't paid for fish. I keep taking I keep going back every two weeks because they keep dying. And I'm like, and some of these fish are expensive. Like this beta that I have upstairs, it's like $21.99. That's an expensive fishes, right? So I go in there and I'm like, hey, you know, the fish has died again. And I'll even bring a sample of the water. And they're like, oh, it's not a problem, Mr. Bailey. We'll take care of you. Go pick out some more fishes. And they put them in the thing. And I always buy like a little something <laughs> extra, like something for the dogs, or you know, oh, they'll love this little snacky toy or whatever the case may be. It was great. And I just hang out with them. So I'm part of like the pet crow crew.
4: <laughs> Those poor fish. I just picture it like uh finding Nemo. When when you come in the store, they probably get to the corner of the tank. They're like, there's the executioner. He's back. <laughs> Save yourself.
2: <laughs> don't let him don't let him take us home to a shitty fish tank. Why? What happened? Well, my friend went with him and never came back.
4: <laughs> I I was Googling uh Fish Doctor Atlanta, and they have a guy. It's called Nathan's Ark, mobile exotic fish medicine doctor guy. So maybe you can get a, a guy to come out and check out your tank and see if it's okay. Well, I was going to pay some of these people. That's what I told him at, uh, at the Petco. I said like, you guys should
2: do some mobile visits, and they're like, well, I think that's where the business is going. And one of the kids that worked there, he went to work for like a professional fish place. Cause oh was, yeah, I remember that? Yeah, EJ. This kid knows everything about fish, and now he's in college. So he's got an, a three-bedroom apartment, and he got a three-bedroom apartment for the sole reason of one for a roommate and one for his fish tanks. Fucking crazy. Wow. Yeah, this is, yeah. A, this is nuts. But I got—I don't ever remember fish tanks being so difficult. Like, I had a fish tank in high school. I've had a fish tank my whole life. I had one in high school. It's this huge fish tank. I remember I got it freshman year. It's like a 50-gallon tank. We put it in the back of my girlfriend of the car's Honda uh, SRV, CRV, sorry, CRV, hatchback, put it back there, took it to the house, filled it up with water, went to the fish store, got some fishes, put it in the damn tank. I didn't put any squirts. I didn't condition it. I didn't wait for fucking four weeks. I didn't do any of that stuff. Just threw all the shit in. None of them ever died, ever, for my entire high school life. There were never dead fish in that tank. I don't know. Maybe it's the water. It's climate change, probably.
4: Yeah, it's probably. something. (laughs) So when I Googled fish doctor Atlanta, the first thing that came up was a gynecologist in Atlanta. <laughs> oh,
1: that's you know why that is, don't you? <laughs> why is that? Because that's what gay men call straight women's vaginas. They call, well, they call gay, They call straight women fish.
4: Oh well, straight guys uh, say stinky yeah. vaginas smell like fish. As soon as you said that, I knew what you're. I know. Yeah, but I found out the reason it comes up is her name is Dr. Fish. So,
2: oh, that's what why would you pick that fucking profession if that's your name? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you can't be a urologist with the last name Hard
4: or Boner. Yeah. And you, yeah, you can't be like a a proctologist and your name is Dr. Squirts or something. Or Butt. You know, Dr. Butt yeah. or
2: like it's just you can't do those types of things. You got to stay in your lane of life. Yeah. It's
4: not good for business. You got to be Dr. Potpourri or something like that.
2: (laughs) Just change your last name to Smith, you know, or have a stage name or something. Just just change it up. Uh, Nate, you will be very excited to hear. I think that marijuana use is outpacing cigarette use for the first time in the United States. Doesn't, it's good. doesn't shock me. Uh, yeah, so more people, which is crazy, because the other day I was having this conversation with myself uh, that I'm seeing more people smoke cigarettes again
1: than I really? ever have.
2: Yeah, and more.
1: I'm seeing more people smoke marijuana. Uh, and publicly? Um, not publicly, but like people who I've I've been friends with for years who've never smoked weed, all of a sudden they're smoking weed and like every day, out of nowhere
2: smoke weed every day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I've, it, it reminds me of not so much hardcore 80s smoking, but I'm seeing more people smoke in their cars and I'm seeing more people smoke in public and, and own it and not care. And it's almost like you look at them and go, good for you. Even though it's gross, right? You don't want people to, you don't want to walk outside and somebody's blowing cigarette smoke, but you're almost like you're a rebel. You know, because of how what truth is done to the cigarette industry and good for them. Don't get me wrong, smoking cigarettes is bad for you. (laughs) The day and age of the James Dean, you look cool smoking cigarettes, they're gone because we realize you're going to die. Uh, It's bad, bad, bad. So I said, well, marijuana use is up, but you're still smoking and putting stuff in your lungs. So can you still get lung cancer from marijuana use? The answer to that is. Is the jury still out, um, which research has suggested that smoking marijuana can damp, can cause damage to the lungs, but is not as detrimental as smoking tobacco. That would be because of all the chemicals that are put into the cigarettes versus no chemicals put into the weed. Right. Marijuana is organic.
4: Yeah. As Yeah. As far as I know. But yeah, I, I'm aware. It, I mean inhaling smoke into your lungs isn't good regardless of what it is whether it's exhaust or cigarettes or uh, or weed or anything like that um, but yeah I would assume that yeah there's more like carcinogens in in cigarettes than not or than in in weed study. But- also, you're not using a filter typically when you're smoking weed, so I don't know if that's worse on your lungs.
2: Studies have also indicated that smoking marijuana may, call, may not increase a person's risk of lung cancer, but robust evidence is lacking. We concluded that there is moderate evidence evidence that there is no association between cannabis smoking and lung cancer. Donald I. Abrams, M.D., Professor Emeritus of Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco,
1: an integrative
2: oncologist at USCF Osher Center for Integrative Health. Big deal. <laughs> so that's good to know.
5: Yeah.
4: Well, then it's funny the difference between if you smell both of those things in public, if uh, if you smell cigarettes, if you're a non-cigarette smoker, you're usually like, ugh. God, now my clothes are to smell like it. But if you if you're out and about and you smell like weed smoke in public, you're like, "Ooh, somebody's having a good time." You know, it's, it's right. such a different resp- response. I somebody lit up uh, some weed at the uh,
2: tennis tournament in Atlanta back in July. I was down on the court and when the the match was over, I smelled weed. And I was like, "What the fuck? At a tennis match? Really?" Uh, I was a little shocked by that, and then you know at the U.S. Open, Nick Kyrgios he complained that he could smell marijuana coming from the stands. Now, as a professional tennis player, you know I'd be pissed off too. Somebody's smoking marijuana and you're out there on the court, you know it's going to. Does he care? Oh, absolutely. You got to stay focused,
4: and you smell this
2: thing. I I totally get it. Absolutely.
4: So if he's smoking cigarettes, he would have said the same thing. I don't absolutely. think so. Well, you're
2: not going to smoke cigarettes inside of. You know Arthur Ashe Stadium, so there's no smoking on the grounds. But yeah, absolutely. If there's somebody
4: smoking I'm cigarettes, fucking narc. I'm not a fan <laughs> of this guy. dark
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> He's working undercover. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so anyway, I thought I'd share that with you, so you don't have to worry about dying of lung cancer with all the weed that you smoke. It's good.
4: Yeah. Uh, all right,
2: you guys, ready for everything's better. This was a special edition of everything's better with the fuck. Here we go.
4: Whatever
2: we do, it's better with... Fuck. What? Everything's,
1: Everything's better, better with the... fuck. fuck.
2: And are you ready to give a fuck about your health? So you are talking about health. Then check out Chef Erica, EricaNicoleDay.com. Experienced culinary medicine consultant, private chef with medical high-end restaurant background. Available for consulting on meal planning for weight loss, helping with medical conditions or strict macros for bodybuilding, fitness training, etc. Chef Erica is the real deal, and she can help out tremendously. So, uh, Chris Waters. Had reached out to me about our one year anniversary, which was supposed to be the tie in with podcast and Porsche two and blah, blah, blah. And he asked, when is the one year anniversary? I said, I don't know, to be honest with you. I know we're coming up a hundred episodes of the BS. And so I know I got fired, I think on the 24th of October, maybe a week early. I don't know. I don't know when our first episode was, but anyway, he wanted to do something special for us. That's very sweet. I'm starting to see this trend with you two percenters, and I love, it. I love it. I love it. I love it. There's nothing that makes me more happy than to see an audience interact with the show and do things on your own, unsolicited, like uh, Josh uh, Evans when he did the, uh, the My Court Caddy parody. Fantastic. right? I love, love, love that stuff. He's actually part of my post the most in the newsletter this week or the, the last uh, couple of days days I sent it out. Anyway, so Chris Waters goes, when's the one year? I said, I don't know. He goes, well, I'm doing something special for you. So this is anticipating our one year anniversary because I know it's coming up next month is that he did a better with fuck for the show. So I didn't even do this one. He did it for me. A one year anniversary better with fuck based off of this show. Follow me? Nice. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Good. So, we'll same rules apply. You get to grade them 1 through 10, 10 being the best. That one wins, and uh, we'll play it again. Here's the first one.
0: And back to you, Jason.
2: <laughs> you know, one of the big reasons why I guess I'm excited about this podcast, Nate, is, uh, is we can fuck whoever the fuck we want to fuck, and it could be about anything. You know, it's like we've fucked them for as long as we want to fuck them for. And, I mean, they could have fucking stories that just you and I care about. And, uh, and that's it. I mean, there's no fucks to this, which is fantastic. And and I've got fucked up capabilities in the Golden Scissors studio, which makes it even better. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's an overdose of
4: fucks right there. (laughs) All right. What do you think, Nate? Uh, I liked it. It was a good one. Uh, They're very well placed. There was a lot of fucks in there. Uh, so I'll start off with a seven. Okay. Nikki? Uh,
1: I really liked this one. It told like a story and I was into the F's and where they was going. Uh, I'm giving it an eight.
2: Right. Uh, F's. What you mean what, what do the F's stand for?
1: You know what they stand for. Right, I yeah. don't say that word.
2: You don't say that word? Oh, okay. Frank? Fritter?
1: Fruit? Fart knocker.
2: Ugh. Okay, here's the next
0: knocker. Oh, that's a <laughs> throwback. <laughs> <laughs> it's time, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, what's going on? After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is fucking unfiltered.
3: I don't know what you want. With his fucking
0: buddy me. and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate Dude. dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature fucking
3: shit. You are a very particular set of skills.
0: You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. Fuck, come on. And by God, this is the BS. Right, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.
2: <laughs> He's on it. This Chris Waters guy is on top. He's on fire. All right, Nate, what do you think?
4: Uh, I like that one a little better. Like the last one, the fucks were put in, but you were also saying fuck anyway, so it kind of took away from it a little bit. But this one I like because I don't believe there's any fucks in the intro. No. Um, so I'll go eight with this one. All right, Nikki?
1: Uh, I like I like this one. I feel like you kind of cheated a little bit by adding extra words in with it. So I can give
2: it a seven. seven. Okay, so we're tied up. Last one, here we go. So what's the BS? Hey, it's Jason Bailey, fucking radio veteran that just wants to do an unfiltered show and not really work for a damn soul but me. And I get to fuck off my bestest buddy and producer Nate in Mexico, which is neat, sharing some fucking stories of my life as it continues. I'm still fairly young and uh, using my fucking talky talkie skills that I've had for about three decades in the radio business. Plus, I get to fuck people that I want for as long as I want and say what I want with them with interesting fucks. It's a clusterfuck of intellectually immature fucking shit. It's the BS. JasonBailey.com. Fuck! It's better than radio. I remember when I did that. I did that like right when I got fired. It's like Nate was like, I need a trailer. So I just ad-libbed it. That's when we were going using we didn't even have podcast the BS.com up yet. It's just my website. All right, Nate, what do you think? That's the last one.
4: Uh I think I like that one the best. Uh, you can fuck whoever you want. They were all good place fucks. They weren't just like added in just to say fuck. So I will do nine for that one. Nine. All
1: right, Nikki. Um, I'm going to give you a nine for this one. I also gave it a nine.
4: Nine.
2: All right. Can you just say the word once, please?
1: No, I don't say that word. Just try it. <laughs> I don't want to try to say that. Say say,
2: Go. 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 fudge. No, don't say fudge. Go. Just go. Fuck.
1: Buh. All right. Now go. Buh, no, go. For-
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks again, Chris Waters. Anybody else wants to do one? Yeah, feel free. That'd be cool leading up to the one year anniversary. If everybody did some uh, better with fucks, but I'm not trying to get lazy. I'll go back to doing them. I promise. But uh, that was very cool. And I appreciate that. I love the interaction.
4: All right, Nate, got anything before we get out? Don't sell Bailey any fish; they're yep. gonna
2: die. Yeah, and uh, cheers,
4: fuckers! Your beer. Yeah, and happy Friday, fuckers! Happy Friday, 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 foodgers. All right, Nikki.
1: Fudgers. I love the fishes because they're so delicious. Don't go fishing at Bailey's house; they're gonna
2: die. Okay, Nikki. Thanks for being here. All right, look, you have yourself a great, safe weekend. Thanks, as always, for the support. Talk to you soon. Yeah, Back.
0: Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now.
1: Please share, like, and support. podcast@bs.com. It's better than radio.
0: Now, get out of here.